Hey, dreamers. Welcome to the Dreamers Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Pardo. And as always, Matt is sitting right across from me right now here in the Min Half Studios. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing great, Joe. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty amazing. I mean, it was a, it was a bit of a rough uh, Friday the 13th for me, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, we made the, made the best of it, and uh, here we are. You know, we can. We're. I want to definitely going to talk about that for sure, because uh, there's there's a lot to uh, to be said for <laughs> for what happened to me on Friday the thirteenth and how uh, a horrible, no good, very bad day. Is that how the book goes? I don't. I don't quite remember. Um, that's that. That was my Friday the thirteenth. Did you survive Friday the thirteenth better than me? You know, I did. Yeah, I didn't. Uh... I had a couple problems, but nothing, nothing on the scale you uh, you ran into, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I, I won't go too too deep into details, um, because it's all tech, you know, stuff. But uh, but we'll we'll, we'll get into that first. I want to talk about Dave Jackson, the amazing Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting dot com. He's my guest this week, and uh, you know, stay tuned for later on in the episode after the jump. And uh, listen to the interview I did with him. He has a, a pretty awesome story to tell, and he runs a great website. Uh, actually, some some of my past guests have gone through his school of podcasting dot com to, to go on and become successful podcasters, like Kathleen Kelly from uh, Special Mouse Podcast. So, uh, first thing I got to get out of the way is it's the two year anniversary of Dreamers Podcast coming up on. Actually, the actual date is Thursday. But we're celebrating on Friday night, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your dog. Everybody's got to join. It's live online. It's an event that we will be raising money for Give Kids the World. Uh, Last year, we raised $600 in two hours. This year, I want to raise over $1,000 in three hours. And one of the ways we're going to get there is through Minute to Win It games. For every person that completes a Minute to Win It game, that's a, you know, well, I don't know about a proof. I still I've been procrastinating on this. And last week we were going to talk about procrastination. This week we're going to talk about procrastination. We'll, we'll it's going to happen probably. Um, and and uh, we're oh the games I got to look up. So uh, yeah, so we're going to have a list of minute to win it games. And for every game that you know people come into the, the video chat on blab.im and complete. Then you, I, or not you, you'll complete them. I'll donate 10 bucks to give kids the world. And together we're going to raise over a thousand dollars in three hours. I'll have other guests here. Uh, hopefully you'll be in the studio here, Matt rich quick is supposed to be in here in the studio. And I'm just really excited about the, the prospect of everything that's going to be happening in the very near future. Uh, just a few days away and we're, we're supposed to be streaming here live on Facebook live. Uh, but actually I think, uh, it just, Facebook just crashed on me. So that's, that's not good, but that's part of the, the idea of doing it live. So if you're not following me on Facebook live or, or Facebook, uh, go to facebook.com forward slash Pardo P A R D O like my last name spelled exactly the same way and add me you know uh, like the page and then you'll get the feed um so yeah we're, we're relaunching it here this is how it goes when you're doing stuff live like this anyway uh what do we got so yeah so you know may 20th 
7 p.m. Be here at superjoepardo.com forward slash live and come hang out. Come with, you know, come play games for charity and uh, we're going to raise a bunch of money. It's going to be a wonderful time. Uh, Matt, you got your, your game face on? I got my game face on. Yeah, man. I, 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 I've been uh, practicing my, my minute to win it uh, skills leading up to this. So uh, I, I myself will be trying to compete to raise some money. Uh, so every, you know, if I can complete the task, then that's an extra 10 bucks for give kids the world. Wonderful cause. If you don't know, go to give kids. I think it's G K T W.org. Maybe give kids the world.org too. I'm, I'm not sure, but, uh, super uh, forward slash live. will get you there and has a big old donation button for you to click on and go donate to a wonderful cause such as that one. <sighs> okay, that was a mouthful. Um, so Matt, have, uh, you you know there's a dynamic here, right? That uh, you and I have are quite different in in, a, in one aspect, right? Like we, we like a lot of the same things. We feel differently about certain topics, but um, you like to read. Yeah. Oh yeah. And me, not so much. Um, but I really love documentaries, like. To a level of, uh, I watch documentaries while I work out. Like that's how much I love documentaries because I can learn. Right? I love learning. I love finding new things, finding out new things, and just getting to experience other people's experiences uh, and and learn from them. Which is a lot of of re- reason people read books, right? Autobiographies, biographies. Uh, I guess nonfiction. I I don't really know because I don't do these. I don't do the book thing much. I know, but the documentaries are nice. You know, when it's televised because it's 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 all the critical points. It's already been laid out for you. You're basically I don't want to say you're getting the cliff notes, but I think you retain more because there's less to uh, kind of plow through, and you you hit the highlights. And you know, visually, I think it's easier to kind of retain. Oh yeah, I remember seeing this battle scene, or you know, here's this guy uh, early at work in his studio, and yeah, I mean documentaries. I don't watch a whole lot of them, but when they do come on, it is it is fascinating stuff. I mean, <laughs> there's just so much that uh, you, you can't. I mean, books obviously they can go into a lot greater detail, and it's something you could pursue. If, like you're interested in one particular person or subject, you know, you could always read up on it. But I think just watching documentaries is enough to get familiarized and you know give you uh, give you some talking points. But it's not. It's still like to me, it's more than that, right? It's mannerisms. Mm-hmm. Like when you see people tell a story, are they looking down? Are they looking away? Like, are they telling the truth? Are they not telling the truth? Um, you know, there, to me, there's a lot. There's like a whole second story there that you can't necessarily convey through like listening to an audiobook or reading a book. Uh, it's hard to read sarcasm. It's hard to read. You know, it's hard to read things like that where it's like when you can see people's eyes, when you can see how they're motioning, how they say things, like how they say things. Are they animated? Are their hands going everywhere? Like you can see that, right? Versus, you know, well, you're listening to this right now, right? Versus watching it on Facebook Live. Um, Video is always more entertaining to me. Plus, the big thing about watching documentaries while I work out versus say listening to an audiobook or a podcast I'm it's I need visual stimulation I'm I'm basically jogging in place staring at a wall otherwise well the thing is when you're reading you know you know the expression a uh, picture's worth a thousand words but with a thousand words you can paint sarcasm you you can paint mannerisms and 
it's not being presented to you, but in your head, you're, you're playing out these scenes visually. It's just a matter of, you know, it, it takes longer to really build up those scenes. And obviously if you watch it on TV or look at a photo, okay, bam, instant recognition. I understand exactly what the person looks like. I can hear their voice. Yep. The advantage in a book, well, I guess it's really more if it's a fiction book in that you tend to personalize characters. You tend to personalize situations like, oh, the character is described as such and such, but it's just vague enough that you kind of put your own personal bias or taste on it, or you, maybe it relate to somebody you know and you can kind of visualize them. But if you're watching a movie, it's that actor, you know, or that uh, it's like Ben Affleck or <laughs> whatever it is. You know, it's always going to be that person. You're never going to see it as anything else. Probably even after you, if you go back and read the book after the fact, you know, you're still going to see that actor in the role. And it's, it's just, it's a different way of telling a story, but I don't think it's, it's any less, um, any less meaningful or any less powerful. And, and some, and there's some advantages too. And like Stephen King, when he writes books, uh, he generally does leave descriptions somewhat vague because he wants people to sort of fill in the details themselves. And he feels it has more meaning if you're putting your own personal touches on the character where, you know, of course, you've seen it in a movie. It's, you know, it's Shining. It's Jack Nicholson. He is, and always will be, <laughs> you know, the, the Madman from The Shining. That's you, true. You know, if you go back and read the book, I, I, even even me, I love both. I, I still see him in the book, even though the characters are uh, portrayed differently. So right, right. Yeah, you know, just as an example. Yeah, no, definitely. I uh, yeah, it's how pe- people get like pigeonholed into into things. But even oh, with like oh, yeah. <laughs> with documentaries, like they also tend to be um, better like put together. Like more thought is gone into them rather than like you know. I mean, even like this show, right? Like I have a list of of topics here on on my right on on my screen over here. Um, but the production value of the show is is li- like it's it's now it's like a live show, right? Like we're not. I'm not editing this. There's no. There's no script, no, no thought put into it ahead of time. No, no written the, script, right. just the bullet points of like what I want to talk about. Well, yeah, about. we have to have a couple topics. You know, yeah, but... yeah, otherwise you'd be talking about nothing and then we'd be politicians. <laughs> we'd be but... making Seinfeld, the radio show. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so for me, like I was watching uh, a documentary called Citizen Four. Now, for anybody who isn't familiar with that, it's the story of uh, Edward Snowden and like the, it was the... Um, the journalist that that he talked to first, like he reached out to and was like, "Hey, here's the documents I want to release and all that." Um, and and regardless of how you feel about what he did, whether you feel he, um... well, Matt, do you th- do you think he's a traitor? Uh, you know, I'm even to this day, I'm really torn on my feelings about Snowden. On the one hand, I do like knowing what was happening behind the scenes, and you know, certainly there's things that the government does that I disagree with. But on the other hand, I understand that there is a need for national security and in, in the benefit of everyone, there's certain things that really it's not meant for the general public to know. I mean, it's kind of like, all right, you put us in charge. You want us to take care of it. You can't really sit there and complain about how we're doing it unless you want to like, you know, pick up a gun or come out here and, and, and do it yourself, so to speak. So I, I have very mixed feelings on it. Right, it's a difficult situation for sure. Um, but this this documentary basically goes through the whole process of like him reaching out and and just like how it all got started, and then they went and flew to Hong Kong to meet him in the room, and you're like watching him tell the story, like tell him like what what's what's what, and you're watching the story unfold on the news, and it's funny. 
because all I could think about while I was watching this was so Edward Snowden is in Hong Kong in his in this room and there, there are people you know they're trying to find you know it's, after the story's been leaked they're trying to find him they're trying to figure out what he knows what he's told you know if it was even him but this is all before it came out but once it came out and people are talking about him on the news and he's sitting there watching the news it's hilarious to see it's it's like your dad is very mad at you please come home and it's but it's on the news and it's not your dad it's your entire country you know the people that are in charge and he's sitting there like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm not going home. <laughs> this is like, um, and, and there's a lot of other things to be said for it, right? Like how he, he meticulously went ahead and didn't tell anybody about what he was doing. Cause he's like, I don't want them to be impl- like implicated in what my actions are. And that's, you know, whatever. Or to stop him. I mean, yeah. To, yeah. To stop him or for people to be like, you know, well, if we torture them, you know, maybe they'll tell us what they know. And it's like, well, they don't know anything because I intentionally did not tell them so that they wouldn't have to lie about anything, um, which is good and bad. But it's also kind of selfish, right? Because, like, you're still implicating these people that had nothing to do with it, regardless if you did tell them or didn't tell them anything. Uh, you know, but depending on your ultimate motivations, I mean, if you're speaking out because you feel that, you know, there's some. This is a wrong. It needs to be righted. Then you know, it's for a righteous uh, purpose. Then yeah, I could I can understand that. But on the other hand, if you were spilling the beans because hey, you know, I I don't want to say I want to become a celebrity, but but I, need, I don't know. It again, very very mixed feelings. But, uh, uh, just, yeah, not, no, not, I, I agree. Some some of which coming like after some of the things he said after the fact, you know, or just the way he's behaved. But again. At this point, it's out in the open, so it doesn't really matter. It's, you know, what's what's been done has been done. And, you know, we just have to kind of live with the, uh, well, I guess us, us and the government. <laughs> yeah, really the but, you know, the, one of the other points that I pointed out was, like, everybody already knew, right? Like, everybody knew, like, well, if I take out this book from the library or I Google search this, I'm going to wind up on a list somewhere. And it's like, everybody knew that. They just didn't understand the extent that that how true that was right well you, that's the thing you say everybody knew but here it's it's confirmed okay so it's like oh well people are saying that and we and we're joking about it which right is really but, a shame but you don't really know until okay here it is in writing you know there, it's irrefutable right right and uh yeah obviously i don't want to go down that whole that whole road but sure but it's it's just things like like documentaries like that. Like I don't th- did I mention did I watch the documentary on Tower Records on a previous? You've mentioned it. I haven't seen it myself, but it does sound interesting. Oh, it's it's very interesting. I I didn't realize like and I, that's another thing I like um watching documentaries about businesses mm-hmm. because that's you can learn so much from because high you know Captain Hindsight knows everything and uh but but the thing is is you can take that knowledge and those lessons that were learned and take it to the next level for yourself you know applying them to what you need you know your needs and what your uh where you want to head is so yeah i think the the one is called all things must pass the uh rise and fall of tower records and uh actually like bruce springsteen's in it uh dave grohl's in it elton john's in it uh i forget who else celebrity wise is in it but a lot of industry experts and stuff like that so it's really interesting to see like the the rise and fall of tower records which I don't know if I mentioned this to you, but there is still Tower Records in Japan, and they have like eighty six of them. In it's insane. 
What's insane to me is the fact that you, you can take almost any topic and turn it into a, a documentary and make it interesting. Like I actually watched one who was on Amazon about uh, the history of, of Sriracha. <laughs> what? You know, like it's like I was just I was bored. I was like, yeah, what the heck? I put this on, watch it for a minute too. I actually kind of got sucked into it. Like you know, they again they could take any topic and if you edit it the right way and you know, kind of lead with the questions a little bit. It's like, all right, this is kind of interesting. Is it relevant? No, ultimately, but it's kind of fun to watch all these people that are like hardcore Sriracha fans. And I just, I don't get it. Well, it gives you something to to talk about. And you know, you never know what you can learn. Yeah. Yeah. You never know what you can learn. And, uh, you know, seeing something like tower records where it's like, they started out as, I think it was like, it was a drugstore, right? Like in the early days. And they were like, Oh, we could, you know, sell some used records here. And then next thing you know, used records turned into real, like, you know, first-hand records. And then first-hand records turned into, okay, well, I'm going to open up a store. All right, let's open up a store. And then it outgrew, uh, it outgrew the, like, what the, the, uh, the, like, what the owner of Tower Records' dad wanted it to be. Like, he's like, well, if you want it so bad, then, you know, pay me for it, and then I'll get out of your hair. So that's what he did. He, he took, he, he scraped, scraped together the money, bought Tower Records out from under him, and then went on to become a worldwide sensation. Yeah, another one I saw that I thought was interesting was it was about uh, video chains who would take movies and then edit them for content. So video a, chains? Yeah, like like we'll say like family video chains. Not actually, Blockbuster did this once too. Blockbuster had a version of Titanic where they edited out the nude scenes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But these family chains were taking things like The Matrix and let's take out all like you know the violent scenes. And so it's like. Here's the Matrix, the family version, and Hollywood saying, "Well, you know, you can't do that. One, you know, you don't have the rights to do it, and and B, you're, it's a conflict against the director's vision. Blah 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 blah. And they're like, well, hey, we're making money because we're catering to a, a certain market of parents who want to watch movies with their kids, but well, we can't watch this because it's too violent. Oh, now we can because all the bad parts are taken out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the that's seeing opportunity, right? Yeah, it's it's I'm like man, that's that's a clever idea. I mean, it's you're catering to a niche market, but. Again, they're interviewing people like, yeah, we came to this, we drove out our way to this video store because they're the only one anywhere nearby that wasn't a major chain that had versions I can watch my, you know, me and my kids. Yeah, I remember hearing, it was like 97, 98, wasn't it? Yeah, now I feel it's people either, I guess, I don't know, it's like when I go to a movie theater now and people are in there and have like kids and movies that kids definitely should not be watching. Or games that they shouldn't be playing. No, that too. But hey, we grew up playing games we shouldn't have been playing, so you know, what's... We end up all right. <laughs> well, yeah, it's not to sound like, uh, oh, you know, back in my day, but I will say, I mean, games we were growing up with probably weren't as violent as some of the games around. And I, and I am not a believer that video games produce real world violence. Don't get me wrong in that. <laughs> but nonetheless, I feel that there's games that cover certain topics like Grand Theft Auto. I wouldn't let a, like a six year old play that, for example. I mean, there's sexual overtones. There's, you know, but you gotta remember drugs. for the time, like games like Duke Nukem were that those games, they just didn't have better graphics. Mm, yeah. But even then a lot of it was more, well, maybe Duke Nukem was, wasn't so much innuendo, but it wasn't so much in your face <laughs> as something like but the thing is is for the time like there was nothing like like before that was like pong the, right okay, so, yeah, for so the it was time. like oh there's two strips of white going up and down <laughs> they're looking pretty pretty risque well there. actually it's interesting <laughs> you say that because there were games back then and uh the title escapes me but there was uh, custer's last stand i believe it was for i want to say Atari. oh yeah, was, yeah you know like in featuring like a, a, a naked native american woman tied to a totem pole and 
you can look it up online, but even today it'd be pretty offensive. So yeah, those things existed, but they were so pixelated and blocky. It's like you know, or at Smurfs for um, ColecoVision, there was an Easter egg that one of these <laughs> programmers put in there, where essentially you could uh, leave the room, come back in, Smurfette would be naked. So people with too much time on their hands, or maybe just you know perverts working in the industry, I don't know. But that stuff was out there. But again, it's like little pixelated things, and today it's everything's like Hollywood looking CGI. So it's... well, yeah, yeah. Well, again, we it, it comes with the the the, the ground of, right. of better graphics and advancement. Now, Mitch uh, Brennan, he's saying, why would you want to watch Deadpool with all the violence and whatnot cut out? Oh, I wouldn't. Uh, in fact, uh, I, Deadpool it's interesting because there were several changes made. To, well, you don't want to give anything away. There yeah, it's true. Changes, let's not, let's just not, say there was uh, changes made to the movie by the MPAA that didn't necessarily hurt the movie, but changed the direction of the movie. And it's it's a guy I loved it. I had a great time watching Deadpool, but it would have been interesting to see like an alternate cut if those changes hadn't been made. Well, well there should be like a director's cut or something at some point, right? A director's cut, but I'm talking MPAA about like cut. entire scenes had to be filmed differently that set up the rest of the movie. Uh, again, it's hard to talk. It's hard to talk about without actually like giving away specifics, but it, it, it changed major plot points in the film. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that would be, that would be difficult to deal with. Um, I, you know, I, you wouldn't want to watch that, right? Like we wouldn't go out of our way to watch but, it, but yeah, if we and, and Deadpool, wanted our kids right. to see it, uh, maybe a PG 13 version wouldn't be so bad. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, certainly, uh, I, I don't know if they even do this anymore. Or do they like take movies and like edit them for like regular TV? I haven't watched like basic, tv in so long yeah they still they still they still do it like this version has been modified from its original format it's been yeah and for time and for content content yeah um yeah no they they still do that i mean in fact i was just watching i was watching um patrick swayze in a movie called (laughs) fatherhood which by the way he looks i mean channing tatum could play patrick swayze in in a movie about patrick swayze they look very so especially in that movie in 1993 when he filmed that which that movie also had Holly Berry in it, and it had uh, uh, the kid from Blank Check in it. I actually, I, I know that kid. <laughs> I mean, I, I know the movie you're talking about. I should say, yeah. Um, uh, so Mitch, Mitch is saying here uh, again. This is uh, Mitch from the uh, Facebook Live. So if you're if you're not following me on on Facebook, uh, it's Facebook.com/slash/pardo. Uh, to get um you know to to like that page hit that like button and follow follow along with the Facebook live chat um he's saying but then it's not the same movie you're right it's not but you're not trying to watch it for yourself you're trying to bring somebody else along to like a a kid it's, it's a compromise to watch it. It, it is a compromise yeah. I mean it's not like oh I'm gonna buy like you know what it is to me it'd be like if I'm going to buy the Blu-ray. If I could get a copy of mm-hmm. that movie that like come like it comes with an extra bonus disc or sure. an extra cut or something uh, on the Blu-ray, like that would be awesome, right? Then you'd be like, oh, I want to watch the censored version because of my kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I can't say too many people would be going out of their way to watch a movie that was censored, especially if they were like, well, I'm offended by this stuff that's going on in the movie. Let me watch the censored version so I don't have to feel offended and I can watch the movie and still talk about it. I, I don't know that that's a market, right? Like, well, again, or a very I, I, big market. It, but there, it, so there was a market for market. it, and we're talking, you know, I don't want to pick any particular group. So let's say, like, people that are a little more religious in certain regions uh, might be more sensitive or offended by, you know, different things that people in our places are a little more mainstream wouldn't care. 
I would think they wouldn't want to support the. Oh man, Facebook Live just shut out again. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I would think that they wouldn't want to support those 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 type of films. studios and those types of films from being made at all at that point. <sighs> but I... if you give them choice and it starts to outsell the you know the version that's that's uncut or the version that's. Uh, it's funny because they do the opposite, right? Like they have run cut versions of like every single movie, mm-hmm. but, uh, and they sell them and they sell them at, well, after the fact, after the movies come out. So why can't we do the other way? Why couldn't we, we are, why can't we have the cut version of like the not so rated R version? I don't know. I guess the demand for it just dropped off. I mean, in, as a documentary pointed out, there there was like, and we're talking very few, and usually out west, there's like a handful of video stores are still doing this type of thing. But you know, now it's like, okay, we get the DVD, we rip it. We're it's actually easier because instead of like splicing tapes together, you can actually just you know digitally remove the offensive content. But uh, I don't know, maybe people are becoming more desensitized to this type of thing because obviously the market isn't there. It's it's something you don't hear about certainly. So right and. Again, I'm sure Hollywood's not gonna <laughs> still not gonna turn a blind eye if they know you're doing it because you know, you're you're renting a product as is. Or hey, look at George Lucas and you know Star Wars and his refusal to release the you know original versions of his films. You know those versions don't exist. <laughs> yeah, they, they're they're gone. You it's know? all gone. Like, so, you know they're not gone. They they exist somewhere. Yeah, he he's not according to Lucas. <laughs> Um, yeah, we got like way off topic, but, uh, so let's, let's bring it over to something I wrote, um, on Instagram and I wrote a, put a post together for it. Um, so I like, I I put up this picture on Instagram, uh, of a a picture of earth and and the sun and uh, with a caption that said, we were born for speed. Even when we are standing still, the earth is hurtling through the unknown at 67,000 miles per hour. 67,000 is a lot miles per hour and uh, that you shouldn't let life pass you by. You need to push through the darkness and the unknown and shine brightly among the stars like our home, our blue, big old blue. Uh, as it sounds like um, from Nemo, big old <laughs> blue, uh, you know, the big old blue ball, the marble marble. Yeah. Uh you know, I, I really think that that people uh, should should push through, right? Like we're we're moving so fast, like, and we think we're moving fast, like, oh, we got these smartphones and cars and planes and trains that go like two hundred miles an hour, and we got all like, but but really, the speed is underneath of us, right? It's 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 us hurtling through space, and we need to push ourselves harder. To 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 be more to be able to shine like our Earth does across uh, our solar system. Well, you know, in terms of standing out, yeah, you would, you would have to push yourself harder because, especially nowadays, I mean, there's so many. It's so easy to get noticed, like on YouTube, for example. So it's like, oh, easy? I don't know. I think it's kind of hard because really? there's so much noise. There's so much more noise than there was now, right? If you were the only one on YouTube, then you're the show. You're the guy, right? right. But the thing is, is you're one of like hundreds of thousands of guys so you're, and girls. You really have to do something crazy or, or innovative to stand out. Right. And not just that, but to last, right? So, mm. so like, 
here's an example. I have uh, some friends that call themselves content creators. Okay. I don't consider myself a content creator, right? Like I'm doing that right now. We're creating content. We're recording a podcast. That's content. But to me, that's, I'm not like, I don't see myself as a content creator so much as a business consultant, so much as a uh, author and a speaker and uh, you know, website designer and all these other things like those things I see content, uh, content creation is just part of, I don't want to say the marketing of what I do, but it, you know, it, it, it's not, it's, I don't consider it my main job, right? I don't even consider it one of my jobs. I don't introduce myself as a content creator, put it that way. And it's not because I don't take content creation seriously. You know, there's plenty of people that, that do, that's what they do. I mean, even people that work in studios, like, you know, in Hollywood or in, now in Georgia, because that's a big up-and-coming place. Uh, it's, you know, that's... Um, that you know, that's that. There's nothing wrong with being a content creator. It's just I don't see myself as a content creator. Yeah, like if you're a product on a shelf, content creation be like the the little tiny text at the very bottom. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> it probably would be. Yeah, it would be like the um, contains peanuts, right? <laughs> or or uh, made in a in a factory where peanuts uh, right. are handled or something to that effect. Um, like you know, the thing at the tail end of the commercial, they read it really fast. It's just like I mean, we got to put it in there, but it's not the focus. See, here, here you go. So Mitch uh, Brandon said, when All in the Family, uh, this is on Facebook Live, when All in the Family peaked, it had 40 million viewers. Wow. Now, too much content to get the same traction. So the idea is that there's too much, there's too much, um, you know, there's too much content to consume to get that same amount of traction in one show. And, and I'd agree. Um, it, and not just about shows, but like, you know, especially online. You know, shows are canceled, and I mean, it, it's sad. Uh, you know, we could play a, a sad song for the Muppets being canceled <laughs> this week. Agent Carter was was canceled yep. this week. I mean, yep. I've never watched it, but uh, you know, it made it to two seasons. So at least the Muppets didn't even get that, unfortunately. Yeah, I guess it's a toss up. Either you'd, have, you know, in my mind, you'd have to create something that is pretty mainstream, kind of play it safe. It's you know, basically taking something that's been done before, modifying it slightly because it, it works. You know, it's successful. You know, like a a sequel or a summer blockbuster. It tends to be very formulaic or do something that's so outrageous or so, so different that people tune in just to see what's going to happen next. But you know, you're taking more of a risk because if it flops, <laughs> well, more of a chance of that happening. You know, like at least if it's something that's a tried and true formula, you're going to get like a couple seasons out of it. You'll get some, some marketing, some merchandising, that type of thing. Um, I guess to tie it into something else, uh, like like independent, let's say like bands or independent entertainment. I mean, it's it's out there. It's easier for those people to get out there because now you've got, for example, uh, with music, you've got SoundCloud. You can put stuff on YouTube. Like it's not, you're just not playing in your garage and handing out demo tapes. Right. You can reach a larger audience, but that doesn't mean you're going to be the next, I don't know. Check some major artists. <laughs> Whatever's hot right well, now. Well, right, but, but that's because there's so many other people jumping on board to do the same, not just to mm-hmm. do the same thing, but to, uh, but get to those same channels, right? Yeah. Like so many people are trying all at once to to, you know, make it big on on YouTube because they see these people that are like, oh man, they're making millions, and it's like. Yeah, it's first off, it's not easy, no. um, not, and not just from a technical standpoint, it's not easy, but also in the sense of uh, it's not easy to get noticed, and people have to like your personality, and people have to like 
you know, the production value. People have to like the content. People have to identify with it. You have to be broadcasting to the right niche of people. Like, you know, you can't try to be the young guy, you know, with young people messages trying to advertise or trying to uh, capture the older audience. Like, you know, you have to fit that brand. That branding has to fit with who you're trying to target. Yeah, like, you know, PewDiePie or Captain Sparkle. It's it's the exception to the rule as opposed to, hey, I could just fire up a camera, start recording myself and make a funny catchphrase and, <laughs> you know, like yell and scream a lot and think I'm going to make a ton of money. It, it's not going to happen. Well, I mean, it can. But the thing is, the other thing is you need to put the, the effort in, right? Like you need to, like we just said about the, you know, the, you know, born for speed like you need to be willing to put that effort in to move fast enough to make all of that happen you need to be regular about it right you Mm -hmm. need to uh be you know because well we're not (laughs) regular sounds like going to the bathroom you need to be regular like going to no you need to be consistent about creating content um (laughs) so it's it's there's a lot a lot of things and then the marketing of it like you know creating things that grab people and make it so that people say, wow, and they want to share it. So, so like something I, I think I, I don't know if I said this last week on the show, but, um, there's like two ways, right. To, to really build like a brand, um, for your, either it's for yourself or like for a company or something like that. There's two ways, right? The one is that you hustle and you meet people and you network and you be build relationships and you make friends from like wherever you go and you know you build upon that um and you and these relationships are are strong enough that's like now you're connected to the point where you have access and those people like you enough and you like them enough where you're sharing each other's stuff whatever they're doing whatever you're doing there's some kind of connection there where it's like when i i'm going to take what you're doing that i'm going to share it with my people um and now all of a sudden, like, even though you might only have like this small network of people, um, these, the small network of people has their own networks of people that they, you know, can push stuff out to and, and it, it can grow that way. Um, the other way is you create something that wows people. There's something that people haven't seen before and something that makes people want to go out of their way to share it, like, or contact you, right? Cause then you, you create that, then you don't even have to get back to people, <laughs> Because you have something that people want. You have something that people need. The second one is like most people are lucky if they create that once in their life. If you're lucky, you, you get to do that. Like a one-hit wonder, for example. A one-hit wonder, yeah. So so you're you're very fortunate if you ever even get to – I mean, lightning in a bottle type thing. Yeah. Not everybody gets to do that. The first one, though, making friends, building relationships, networking, being friendly uh, – make you know making friends wherever you go like that one is something that everybody can do and then that opens you up to such a bigger audience of people because you have a core group of people and that core group can be big it doesn't have to be like oh my three best friends or oh my five best friends or whatever like this group of people that you know love what you're doing to the point where they share it with other people that's something you can do the second one we're fortunate if we can do that once. I mean, there's people out there that have done it multiple times, right? Elon Musk is a is a great one um, that that has been able to to do that. But part of that thing is is he had success out of the gate. So for him, he built a you know it, it helps immensely, right? Like, but to get to that point, like he probably had to work the first one, you know, making those friends and making those connections. Um, those are the things that's like 
you know, that, that you could do. But then once you make it, then it's like, oh, well, that's the guy who did PayPal. And it's like, oh, I love PayPal. Like, right, right. you know, all, all of a sudden it's like, boom, everybody wants to be connected to you because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, until then, and if then, because again, not everybody gets that luck. Uh, you, you need to work. You need to work that out. And uh, thank you, Megan. Uh, and I hope to see Megan actually uh, in here in Facebook Live. I, I hope to see you in Disney World sometime soon. It, I haven't seen her in in uh, a while, actually quite a few years uh, since since Disney World last time we saw each other. Man, it was it was a while ago. Um. Anyway, so yeah, so you you really if if you know you think that you have something that you can create that people will, will make people go wow then you need to be willing to hustle for to make that work right and do everything you can to to build it and to to make it the absolute best it can be so that when people see it they just get it right because if you can't explain it uh in was it they say seven words or less then uh <laughs> then then that that's a real problem absolutely and you know you can't put a a, a dollar amount on networking because it's invaluable and even, okay, let's say like you're an idea guy, like you have an amazing idea, but you don't know anything about the business side of things. You don't know how to implement. So you don't work out and this guy knows how to do advertising. And this guy knows how to do production. You know, it, even if you only, even if you have like a small circle of people, if one person has, Hey, he, this is a major YouTube guy. He's got like a, a thousand followers. He can get my, my idea out there. He can get my product out there. And anybody can learn to be social and, and learn to, to network with people. It's just, like you said, it's a matter of motivation and, and really just got to keep working at it. Like anything else, if you're going to be successful, it's going to take a lot of effort. There's no shortcuts. It just isn't. It will. And I, I, you know, I couldn't actually remember how long it was um, since I seen Megan and she said it has, and it has been too long since December of 2013. Um, so yeah, we gotta, we gotta fix that. Hopefully, uh, we can get together, Megan, down in Disney sometime real soon when we when we finally get to go down. Um, actually, speaking of which, Melissa and I were were considering, no, excuse me, about going down because we have annual passes to Disney World, and we're like, oh, you know, we'll go down, and uh, it, you know, it'll it'll be it'll be fun. Well, well, Melissa wasn't like totally on board with the idea, but I was like, you know, we should use our annual passes before they expire because. What's one more trip? It's not like she's working at the moment and I'm flexible enough that I could go. Um, it really comes down to money and time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think ultimately we decided not to go. If I guess if our annual passes had expi- would expire later, like uh, like September or, or October, or November, then we probably would make a trip. But uh, unfortunately with June, it's just going to be too too hot but it sparked a, a very long post on on uh, facebook with lots of comments of people and their experiences of taking their little ones that are like three four months five months old um you know so it, we we decided that it probably wasn't for the best right now so it's unfortunate but uh and, and even being a seasoned vet of disney right so like we're always going so like we know where to go what to do how to handle we don't have to see everything all at once. This isn't like the last, you know, the first and last trip ever. <laughs> we don't have to go commando style, as they say, but right. uh, just not not this time. Though I will say, uh, I, I, so so another thing that happened this week was, and th- this one was was pretty big. Uh, Melissa, I've, I've been working with Melissa to to help me out, right? To to kind of do some work for me. 
uh, I mean, the goal really is for her to, to be able to work with me and then not have to go and, and be a teacher at some point. And so she could stay home here with the family and, and, and be, you know, on a day-to-day basis. Anyway, um, part of that was, was she was supposed to go and do the research and the legwork for getting me speaking engagements. Um, but it didn't really work out for her, right? Like she didn't really take too well to writing these emails and, you know, doing the research and the the time that goes into it. And, it, you know, it was, it was, admittedly, it was a little frustrating because I was like, oh, I just, I need, I need help. And this is where I need help, but we can make, you know, make money and bring money in and then. Uh, we can make a lot more money doing, you know, doing this. Um, but I, I feel I've realized something, and, and as a lesson to people listening, to this, especially if you're uh, doing a small business and you're trying to get your uh, spouse involved, you know, sometimes we, what we need and what we could better utilize people for um, isn't always what we think it is. Right. So like I thought Melissa would be, be, oh, it'd be great. You know, you could handle the emails, you can do the research and stuff, but she really wasn't, she wasn't into it enough that she was like getting the self-motivatedness out of it to be like, oh, I'm going to go do it and it's going to be awesome. So I was, I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, she makes cards. She's, she's a whiz with colors and, and creation of images and stuff like that. I was like, why, why did I not see this before? I could have her do my marketing ads, you know, putting the images together and stuff like that. So when I talked to her about it, she's like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. I would love to do that. And then she actually has already started doing it with me. So so she created a, a couple of ads for me already, and she's been working. We put a content calendar together. And for those that don't know, a content calendar is a calendar of things that need to be created and when they need to be created, um, like a deadline type thing, right? So... Um, at first she, I, I don't think she understood like why I needed someone to do this stuff. Um, and, and I was like, well, there's a lot of like Facebook ads I'd love to run, but I need images to run them, but I don't have the, there's only one of me and there's, and I'm, and then, while I do do design, I'm not the, the fastest designer because I'm not, uh, you know, super well versed at it. Uh, because I do so many things, that's just one of the things where it's like I do it and I do it for website design stuff, but I'm I'm slower than other people would be at it for sure. So she she put some of these ads together and they've already started to be successful for us, getting us lots of traffic to the website uh, for the from for my conference in September, the podcastmiddleank.com. If you're thinking about having a podcast or you have a podcast, go check out podcastmiddleank.com. It's a conference here in South Jersey. Uh, September 9th to the 10th, shameless plug on my own show. But, you know, so we generating traffic, she's happier. I've set up a, uh, a, you know, like a bit of a workstation for her. It's actually here for Facebook live viewers. Um, you can kind of see it right over, over here. It was, uh, it's on my art desk. So she's going to have a monitor there and a, and a keyboard and a mouse to take her laptop and hook it up to. Um, so she has a bigger, she has like a little 11 inch MacBook air. So she'll have a nice 24 inch monitor and a, and a keyboard and a mouse and a setup where she can go to, and she can work on these, on these ads, uh, instead of sitting on the couch, doing them with like a trackpad and stuff like that. So it's, it's been really cool. And I, I gotta say, I, I really, 
I really love working with her, um, especially when she's doing something she actually wants to be doing. So my the point in the lesson is uh, is is you know sometimes we need to um, not look for like the low hanging fruit when it comes to like people are like, hey, I would love to help you. How can I help you? And sometimes we we need to like take a step back and be like, okay, well here's like everything. Here's the whole hand. Of thing, you know, there's a whole handful of things I need. What do I really need? You know, um, and having somebody, especially with like her, with her, her, uh, I don't know if expertise is the right word, but her skill set um, of, of creating images and creating things that people connect with on, like, because with her cards, people love her cards, her greeting cards. So it's like creating those types of, of things. Uh, but for a feel that goes into the marketing aspect of things. So creating sales will help generate a lot of things. So that I, it takes things off of my plate, right? So I can more, more focus on, you know, getting, because the, the things with, um, with these speaking engagements, right? It's like you, like I have a set of talks, but I have a lot of ideas for talks that, you know, I'm not going to go and create the talk unless I have a reason, like a, like a talk, you know, a talk to give. So it's hard for me to like create these talks and then have her go and copy and paste them. And then, uh, in some cases I have to shoot like short little videos and send those videos out. Um, you know, there's a lot of questions about it and maybe at some point in the future, you know, once we get that rolling, she could be that person that like handles those emails in, in the fold of things. But, uh, but right now, like I'm all about getting her involved with that and then moving in, moving her into like, okay, how do I, how do showing her how to write a Facebook ad, showing her how to, uh, manage those Facebook ads within, within Facebook and, and how to do Google AdWords and stuff like that. Like I'm really excited for that because that could take a huge amount of stuff off my plate. I can continue to create and she can be like that. She can be that salesperson through marketing. Man, that was a mouthful. <laughs> no, but, you know, it makes sense. So you still have a need for somebody to go up and, and set these appointments up and whatnot. But you also had this other task that you didn't consider handing out to somebody else because you were like, oh, I can do this myself, even though it's time consuming. More time consuming than me creating those talks. Right. Now she can take care of that. So it's one less thing on your plate. So you can focus more of your energy on other things. And since she's enjoying that, that might lead her into, oh, hey, you know what? I, I, I'm doing good at this. I actually enjoy doing this. Uh, okay, let me go back and take a look at some of this other stuff, the promotion, that type of thing. You kind of work your way into it. So just like, here's here's a chore. <laughs> you know, go at it. Okay, here's something I actually enjoy doing already. Okay, you know, maybe I could uh, add some more to my repertoire. But, you know, because now you're involved. You're, you're already invested at that point. Right, right, right. right. And, actually, and the other thing is, is, is bringing in the sales, right? So like yeah. last year, you know, I only made like $10,000 mm-hmm. because I didn't, um, it was, I, and I feel like the big reason, or I know the big reason was because my sales side, my marketing side was, was lacking, right? Um, it, it wasn't, it wasn't as good as it could have been. And while Melissa did help me a little bit here and there with it, it wasn't as strong as it needed to be to, to, you know, 10 X those sales, to a hundred thousand or or even 20,000, you know? Um, so, so yeah, so having somebody on board with that plus it enables me to do things like, you know, when I first started, when we first started talking, having our conversation about, okay, Melissa, what, uh, what ads do I need to be created? 
well, in my, it's like, oh, well, I need this and this and this. And I was like, well, why don't we do like a sale for each, like each, like national hot dog day for like, uh, specifically for, uh, the, the conference conference tickets. Right. So we did a Friday, the 13th sale and she put a, an image together for that. And I said, you know, got to send it out and, uh, it successfully brought in a ton of traffic and some sales into the, into the, into the conference. So, uh, but the thing is, is like, to, if it was left up to me, I have too many other things on my plate to like really sit down and like, okay, I'm going to create a Friday, the 13th image and an ad to go together to pull in traffic. So like I can still handle the technical side of things like putting the code on the page, designing the page itself so that it's functioning and all that. Like I can do all that. It, you know, the goal is to get her to be able to create the ads, cre- uh, not just the ads, but the images and then the ads itself. So utilizing everything and pulling it all into one and teaching her the ropes from like one step at a time, utilizing the skills that she's already good at rather than like, Hey, send out emails. And basically I'm the ones answering the emails. She's just typing them for me. And it's like, well, that that's no, that's a waste of time. Right? right. Like, so, and speaking of time, one other thing I wanted to talk about, uh, is, is how time matters. Right. And it's so important to do the things that matter to you with your time. Now, so like I, I get this concept, right? Like I got it before we had Ava. Um, but after Ava, I really get this concept. Um, you know, time for me, like I don't always have a lot of time to just throw around and it, it's, it's tough because like, there like there's things I want to do. Um, and then there's things I need to do. And then there's Ava, <laughs> right? So uh, making time for things that don't matter. Like, again, I, I used to think that I understood it, but I really, really understand it now because of the fact that like, sometimes I'll only get 10 or 20 minutes to work on something. And then I have to stop between like Ava crying or doing, you know, having to help change her or feed her or well, I sometimes while stopping to help Melissa get set up to, to nurse her, uh, you know, stuff like that. So it's, it's really a tough concept until you don't have time. You know, five months ago, somebody was like, Hey Joe, I'm going to do this project. Would you like to be, uh, you know, give me a hand on it. I'd be like, yeah, man, let's do it. We're going to get it. It's going to be awesome. I'll up all night. doesn't matter. Blah, blah, blah. Now I can't stay up all night Yeah. <laughs> because if I stay up all night, there's a chance that I might not be able to sleep tomorrow. And I don't like, it depends on what I have on my schedule. So, um, especially coming up like this week, upcoming week, I'm going to be out like, but I'm going to be busy like pretty much every single night this week doing something. Uh, from uh what, what's what's tomorrow night tomorrow night it's I, you know i don't even remember i had to look up on my calendar <laughs> but the point is is like every night this week i have something but they're all very important things to me uh and and, and important things to to my business and you know it, it's just making that time for those things that really really matter uh and not like squandering it by like oh well let me just dilly dally for a little while on Facebook in between 
oh, now I don't have time because I got to get up and go help a crying baby. You know what I mean? Like really optimizing in the most efficient way of, of using your time is so, so critical. And I, I know you, you know about that because of the fact that you only have, you know, you only get two days off a week. And one of them is Sunday, and Sundays stink. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, it's just something like uh, with my sister and my niece, you know, I spend so much time with them, and, and my niece isn't like a, a baby where I can't put her off. But at the same time, she just accept, you know, expects things to happen right now. So I have to be able to schedule in advance. Okay, here's things I need to get done. Here's the time I need for myself, and here's the time to you know, keep her entertained. It really does help to have like a schedule and just almost like, okay, two o'clock, I got to get this done. Three o'clock, I got to get that done. But, you know, luckily now with smartphones, I have an, I can set an alarm to go off and have it all repeat. And I have to go back and find a paper calendar, which I, I will ignore. Where my phone, it's always on me. It's going to remind me I have to follow the schedule. And that's how I stay organized. It really helps me to keep, uh, keep sane because <laughs> otherwise it's, it's so easy to lose track of things when you're just um, everything becomes a priority, you know. And if everything's an emergency, nothing's an emergency. Yeah, but yeah. It's just like if every email is a. Um, At least this way, when you have a schedule set up for yourself, when there's a real, there is a real emergency. Okay, you have, you know, you can you can make time at that point. You've, you've you're organized enough. You got it. Like you said, twenty minutes here, twenty minutes there. You'll find a way to make it happen instead of. And if you're disorganized. I just in general, I can't get anything done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so the go along with the time thing, right? So like this week I, I posted, um, it was, I was actually, I was talking earlier about my Friday the 13th and how horrible it was. Right. Um, by and large. And it, so, so here's what happened. Right. And I actually posted something on Facebook about this. Um, and how like I, so I still do do it work for, for my dad's company. Um, and, and it's like server side stuff, right? This isn't like just, you know, desktop support or iPhone support or anything like that. Like there, he actually, you know, has three servers that run and I I'm responsible for those servers and making sure that they stay operational. Well, you know, I, I kind of lost my mind uh, on Friday because w- one of those servers had a massive problem where like both uh, two of, or actually three, four of his, five or four of his three of yeah three of four of his companies were out of business because one of those servers were down mm. and i could not get them to come back up i literally that it start my my friday the 13th started on friday the 12th <laughs> or friday friday the 12th it started on thursday the 12th uh at like 8 p.m at night when i with a text message i ended up staying up till 3 a.m working on this problem, beating my head up against the wall. I thought that I had it licked. I thought that I had the problem solved. Uh, or no, actually, I didn't. I didn't. But people at least could connect. It, but it was really, really slow. Like, things were not working the way they were supposed to. But they, but, but at least it was usable. So, of course, I go to sleep at 3. I get up um, a little what time, like, a little before 9. I think it was like 8-something. And... I get it, you know, to a text message. Hey, these guys can't connect. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, oh, you just have to keep trying. Like, you just have to keep hitting the reconnect button. Eventually, it will go in. You just need to keep hitting it until it, it pushes you in. Then everybody was got disconnected and stayed disconnected um, pretty much 
through most of the day uh they were they were down which is a shame and but for me like i understood the pressure right like i get it uh and i get it like i understand because we had like 150 employees you know just a couple years ago with five companies uh that all required these servers to work this is before my dad sold the one company but um and when that server goes down everybody's pretty much at a standstill so like i understand that pressure like all too well so for me i was like losing my mind because i understand that the pressure's there i'm trying to think through every possibility that could be causing these problems and fortunately i I mean i had the skills to to be able to even diagnose the problems from here right like to be able to work on it from here versus me getting in my car and running to um you know running to the the shop to to work on it in in person which is great because and it it, i don't want to say it's a blessing but you know technology can be awesome when it works and uh, I mean, even just this Facebook Live, even just this this podcast, being able to listen to this podcast, being able to connect with my, with people from all around the world is, is is fabulous. But for me, I have gotten to a point where I want to wind down my IT side of things. Like it's great to understand things. It's great, especially on my business consulting side of things, where I can explain things to customer, you know, to, or not to customers, but my clients. Like, hey. Um, this is why what you want to do can't work without these other three technological technological steps to get there, right? Like it's a it's a it is a blessing that I understand that. Um, but when it comes to like the pressure of IT and things are down, companies are stopped, and it's only on you to make it work. The amount of stress just isn't it just isn't worth it to me, and it used to be right like years ago. Not even that many years ago, I would like revel in the idea. I got to learn some new things. I had, you know, as the the technology grew, I grew with it. I don't have the certifications, but I've been working with computers since I was about six years old, right? Like we, that's when, you know, starting at Jason's house, that was, you know, where, where it kind of all began. So, uh, if, you know, a couple years ago, it was like, oh, cool, I get to learn these new skills. Now I can tuck these under my belt and I get some new skill set out of it. But <laughs> now that I'm not trying to advance I, you know, in the IT and learn more and stuff like that, like, and it pains me to say this because I always, always say, and I always, and I really do believe this, and I know that you know that I know this, Matt. Uh, I don't ever want to stop learning. When that day comes, like, I'd rather just, it's time to call you know wave me out i'm done throw in the towel joe uh matt don't don't let me just lay on the on the mat there um drooling on myself i i love learning and the the problem for me is is there's there comes a time when it's like okay but how is learning more server side stuff going to help me with with where i want to go and making that 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 decision is tough, right? Um, because like I know that I'm, you know, I'm. While I do do IT stuff, that's not like I'm not certified for it. I didn't go to school for it. 
Um, and, and to me, it's all problems, problem solving anyway. The problem is, is when you're looking for all the solutions and none of the solutions actually work and every single person that you see in these threads that you're Googling over and over and over again and these posts and these you know websites and none of them are working, but they're working for everybody else, it, it, the, the pressure and the frustration starts to come out. Oh, yeah. And it's tough. It's, re- it's really tough. And I don't like to be like that. I mean, it's one of the reasons I got away from, from working, you know, in my family's business. It's one of the reasons that I don't want to have like, um, an IT, you know, an IT repair company. I don't, I, I, it's just not something that I want to do. Yeah. Cause you know, you're always, <laughs> you're always the guy, no matter what it is. Like, you know, I could think of examples where, you know, people call, Oh, you know, I can't get to any of these web-based applications. You know, what, what are you guys doing to fix it? Well, you know, this construction company uh, was had a backhoe. They just dug up the fiber cable. The cable's literally cut. <laughs> it's it's out of my hands. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> Verizon's got to get out there and fix it. Okay, but it's your but, fault. Right, no, but I'm the guy. Like I, I'm expected. All right, what are we doing? What are, how are we gonna fix this? What's the ETA like? You know, and you're you're constantly on the spot. Like trying can to can we get the competitor in here? You know, well, not before that line is fixed. Can I get an outside sure. connection? Is there a backup? Is there's got to be you know blah 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 blah. And you know, it's just like constant pressure. And, you know, as soon as you seem like you know what you're talking about, all of a sudden everybody's, all right, oh, talk to this guy. You know, like, so you get like 40, 50, 60 people all calling at once, like, oh, I need this, I need the fix, I need the solution. Like, it's, it's not a one, and, and again, it's not even us. It's, it's like. It's somebody else. But. It's always know, somebody else, Matt. Don't but, let it be somebody else. That's let the it thing. Be it's, it's, it's like, you know, downtime is the enemy. You know, it's like, oh, why don't we have a backup for this? Well. We want to be, do you want to go lay down a second cable? <laughs> do you want to pay two companies? I, I, you know, there's just you can't prepare for everything, and you know, and, and it's there's plenty. It's there's so many jobs where I was at the post office yesterday, and that and they were down. Yeah, well, how's the post office down? They're like one of the biggest companies in I don't know the no, world. But, I, you know, I, how could they be down? Right, but but it happens. They're not, you know, not every company is perfect. Not every company has enough backups. What if, what if the backup fails? Right. You know, seen that happen too. So, so I think that the, to me, the lesson is that I take away from it from my very bad, no good, horrible (laughs) Friday the Thirteenth day Mm -hmm. is that, um, and and it's what I've already known. It's as as especially as entrepreneurs, um. We need to be, you know, problem solvers, right? It's not about like, you know, experience can help and all that. But like at the end of the day, like it really comes down to problem solving and how fast can you work through. But you know, as a side note though, with IT specifically, it doesn't matter how fast you can work through that issue because you're always waiting on the computer to, to get through the, like... Oh, I had to install this patch. Well, you got to wait for the patch to install. Yeah. Oh, the patch didn't work. Okay, let me download this. Oh, I got to download this thing. Okay, that takes time. Now it takes time to click on it. Now it takes time to process it. Now it takes time to install that one. Now it takes time to do this. Oh, I got to reboot. That takes more time. You know, five minutes here, two minutes right. here, a minute there. Like before you know it, hours start going by and they're down. So it's not always up to us and how fast we can think, but it's also up to the computer to like do the work faster. Right. And the thing is, but you're still under pressure and you have to be able to, you know, just keep your cool under pressure. You gotta be able to do whatever you can to kind of mitigate the situation. I mean, even though, you know, ultimately the fix is going to be four hours, you know, later uh, to me, as long as you can present to people, Hey, I know what I'm doing. I'm on top of it. Here's what we're doing in the meantime. You keep people in the loop essentially. 
Yeah, no, I was, I was, I was not. But on the other hand, but on the other hand, (laughs) that when you got people like, oh well, you know, these guys are down. It's like, okay, I know that, and you constantly calling me and texting me to let me know there's a problem is not making this any easier for me because I got to keep stopping to answer you. Takes time away from me actually fixing the problem. But again, I guess if people can't see you physically working out, they assume that you're just yeah. I'm just sitting there watching the Price Is Right. It's all good. You're surfing Facebook or whatever. It's like okay. Well, that's how we fix things, isn't it? Start Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, and that's that's true, right? Like people people want to see something, you know, see see some kind of physical right. results because they yeah. if they can't see it, then they can't believe it, and if they can't believe it, then you're not working on it. Right? You know, if perception is reality, blah blah blah. So, um, yeah, it's 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 definitely uh, tough, and you know, it's it's doubly tough because when you do actually care about something. Mm-hmm. It's it's like it makes it that much harder because of the fact that you're like, well, I really care about this. Now you're bringing up like things that's like, okay, well, you're dealing with those problems of people calling you to tell you that they're not working, and you're coming to me, and and the problem is is like in my head, I'm just constantly working through solutions that I can try, right. different ways to Google for the problem, different ways to like, but people when again when people can't see that. It looks like you're doing nothing, yeah, but very, you're actually trying to solve the problem. You're trying to crack the code. Almost never is it as simple. Oh, okay. There's only one possible solution, and I can guarantee this is going to work. Nine, oh, time, nine times out of ten, it's like, all right, we're going to have to try multiple things. To, we got to narrow down the problem first of all, and then secondly, it's we're going to try a couple different things here because I'm not sitting there at your computer. I wasn't there when it happened. Uh, yep. I mean, I can if I can get into it, I can look at the uh, I can look at the logs. Sure, I can narrow it down. But again, there's two different things, or sometimes three or four different things that all can produce the same error. I'm not psychic, you know. I, I don't right. And I, you know, I tried to like. Um, I was talking to my dad afterwards, and he's yeah. like, "Well, you know, like sometimes." Oh, Facebook Live just crashed <laughs> again. He must have under uh, heard us, uh, you know, yeah. talking bad about technology. Right. Um, but uh, yeah. So the so the the thing I was trying to explain to him was. That apparently my connection isn't strong enough to go live. What the heck? And he was like, "Why don't you get a better connection?" Here go. Oh, why am I on T-Mobile? Is our internet down? No, internet's not down. But what? What the heck? It just disconnected. Mm. That's so weird. Okay, so what I was trying to exp- or he was like, "Oh, well, it disconnected like sometime last week." Um, it disconnected me from the remote desktop. And I was like, oh, well, I wasn't, you know, obviously I wasn't there. Um, is it doing it now? No. Okay. So, so I was like, okay, so for me to diagnose this problem, and I, I was just trying to humor him at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Of the idea that like, okay, so it could be your computer. It could be the software in your computer. It could be the network connection to the the network hardware it could be the network hardware. You literally could have kicked the cable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it, it could be. Maybe you know, maybe the cable has a break in it. Yeah. I mean, that's always a possibility. Um, Stranger things have happened. You know, do you, it, it could be the server. It could be the software in the server. It could be, you know, maybe the power flickered and the net, like the network. Did it happen to everybody? I don't know. Like, it literally could be almost anything if I'm not there to see it and, and diagnose it with my own two eyes and hands. I'm not saying it's aliens, but it's aliens. But it's aliens. Yeah, of course it's aliens. It's always aliens. Well, well aliens, stop stop messing with us down here. Like, <laughs> we're, we got our own problems. We're, we're trying. We're trying. Yeah, come on. <laughs> cut, cut some slack. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, it's like 
I guess be kind to your IT people. That's that's the because you know what it is a, it is very stressful and that's one of the reasons why you know what I'm not that interested and I'm getting the heck out. I think of it. any service industry, you know, whether it's IT or the gas station or Starbucks, I mean, it, I, I've noticed and I've witnessed this, people come in there and they just they adopt this attitude of superiority where, well, you know, I'm at the the Wawa gas station, so I can turn around and act like a jerk to the <laughs> the gas station tenant because he's just a gas station tenant. It's like. Is that really called for? You're the one that parked your car, got out, left, locked your keys in the car, and now you're going to be screaming at this guy because he was supposed to know that you locked your keys in the car? Like, what? where, where do you get off on that? Yeah. It's, it's always somebody else's fault. I'm like, this is just... It is. It, it is always somebody let's, let's else's ru- fault. You know, let's ruin this person's day <laughs> and make yourself feel better. Well, Matt, we we were supposed to talk about procrastination, but we're already an hour in, so I think we're going <laughs> to push procrastination off again till next week. I'm sure everybody saw this coming. <laughs> Probably. Uh let's let's make it the first topic next week. We'll just we'll we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll get, I don't know. I can't, <laughs> we'll see. Come on. We'll see. I might have to procrastinate through that. Oh boy. Um <laughs> So, all right, on May 7th, just to remind or May 7th. No, May 7th passed already. On May 20th, uh at 7 p.m. You go to superjoepardo.com slash live for the two year, two whole years of this awesome show, Dreamers Podcast. Uh, we're going to be celebrating playing uh, Minute to Win It games. We'll have Matt here uh, in in uh, here live in the studio, as well as hopefully Qu- uh, Rich Quick is supposed to be showing up. Uh, he'll be performing live, but we'll be playing Minute to Win Games for charity for Give Kids the World. I'll be donating ten dollars of my own real life money, adult money, uh, <laughs> no play money here, no Monopoly money, uh, to Give Kids the World for every challenge that's completed. We're doing it through Blab.im so that we can have live call-ins uh, as well as a chat room. It's a wonderful service. If you're not already signed up, just go to Blab.im. It uses your Twitter or your Facebook handle for your sign it for your login um and then just go to superjoeparo.com uh slash live 7 p.m to 10 p.m eastern standard time of course because i'm here in just in good old philadelphia um and we're it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a blast so i can't wait excuse me i can't wait till friday it's gonna be wonderful let's make some dreams come true i want to raise over a thousand dollars uh for give kids the world Matt, I really appreciate you coming in the studio here on a Sunday instead of Monday. Uh, we're, we're supposed to go to the Pixar exhibit over at the Ben Franklin Institute on on Monday, tomorrow. So uh, looking forward to that. But that's why we're recording here on Sunday instead of Monday. Did you want to say anything, Matt? Oh, no. Just, <laughs> no you know, uh, I think it worked out. You know, it's for, for one thing, it's nice to actually record well. I guess it wasn't that much earlier in the day. <laughs> no, no, we, 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 we missed our opportunity to do it earlier, but it's okay. It's okay. We, um, you know, I haven't done like anything today except go to Rite Aid and Wendy's hmm. <laughs> that's, uh, and help take care of oh, Ava. I'm going to get back in that schedule. What was your, uh, well, I mean, today's Sunday. I, I, I don't worry. Don't there's, worry. There's, man. A, there's don't, a procrastination coming up again. Yeah. Procrastination. No, mm-hmm. I got, do I, I got plenty. I did actually a lot last night when we were out, um, we were out at Melissa's grandparents, um, house and, and I got some things done on my laptop in the meantime. So yeah. So I believe me, I'm working. I'm, I'm not, not slowing down. I'm going 67,000 miles per hour. Are you, uh, 
I'm going 68. So there, there you go. That's uh, you know, come on, challenge yourself. <laughs> oh, you're just like going that much faster around the <laughs> yep, world. It's yep. like that's. I'm just seeing the, the like the the uh, ghosting effect of you. Going. Hashtag get her done. <laughs> get her done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so stay tuned for after the jump. Uh, Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting is my guest this week. Uh, he's hilarious. You should go check out his show. It's all at schoolofpodcasting.com. Uh, and you know, so give give it a listen. Can't wait till next week. Actually, I can't wait till Friday uh, for the live show. And as always, I look forward to recording with you, Matt. Joe, I have a challenge for you. What? What's that, Matt? I want you to give me a way to support the Dreamers podcast that's not only easy, but it's not going to cost me any money. Buy stuff on Amazon. Really? Yes. Go to superjoepardo.com forward slash Amazon. Update your bookmark for Amazon to that link, superjoepardo.com forward slash Amazon. Every time you make a purchase, I get money. Joe, in the time it took you to describe that, I've already done it, and I'm a slow typer. You know what? Why don't you go buy some uh, Mavis Typing Tutor on Amazon using the superjoeparter.com forward slash Amazon and help contribute to Dreamers Podcast. It'll be here in two days. Thanks, Amazon Prime. Hey, Dreamers. Today, I'm talking with Dave Jackson, who is making his dreams come true by helping others start their podcast. Welcome to the show, Dave. Joe, glad to be here, buddy. I'm glad to have you here. It's uh, it's it, it's been way too long since uh, I, I I wanted to have you on the show, and and just now we're we're finally able to to make that happen. Yeah, this will be great. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting to learn more about Dave Jackson behind the Dave Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, if you could start uh, by giving some background about yourself, that would be awesome. Sure. I'm uh, born and raised in, in Akron, Ohio, and um, currently, uh, well, my history, I guess you could say, most of my time I've been spent uh, helping people understand technology. I, uh, I'm a musician that kind of plays into some of my background, and um, I uh, originally, my original degree was in electronic engineering, and I thought I wanted to be a technician, and I was for a couple years, and um, I found out that when you're a technician, number one, everybody, and I mean everyone you deal with, is not happy because their stuff is broke. And in this case, I was fixing copy machines, and I was going home covered in toner, which was not a lot of fun. And so, not good when, for your health either. No, not really. No, that's one of the things <laughs> when you read the OSHA statement, you're like, wow, I'm breathing black death. Awesome. <laughs> and uh, when... Um, the guy that hired me said, hey, we have a problem. We have really good copiers. We have a really good sales staff. We have a really good service staff, but our customers are breaking the machines because they don't understand how to run them. We want you to go out. We're going to dub you a customer service rep. You're going to go out and set up the copy machine, and then you're going to train them how to run it, um, but more importantly, how not to run it, and that will help these operator error calls hopefully go down. Like, Great. How do you want me to do this? They said, we don't care. Just, just fix the problem. So that was kind of fun. I was my own boss, and I went out, and that, that's how I got my, my toe into training. And what I would do is I would go out and I would establish a relationship with kind of the, the key operator of the copy machine. And I had a little sticker that I would say, you are now an official key operator of this machine. And I put a sticker inside that said the key operator is, you know, uh, Joe Pardo. And that way, if anybody had a problem, they would go to Joe. And I spent extra time with Joe to make sure that Joe really knew how to run the equipment. 
And sure enough, our, all those calls for you know people running tree bark through the bypass and things like that, those went down. And they went, hey, that's that's really cool. Do you know anything about computers? And I'm like, well, I used a couple in in college. And so that led to me teaching people in Microsoft Office, which led to me teaching people about time management and customer service. And actually one, um, there were about 300 people at that company. And it was the first time ever that somebody who wasn't a salesperson won employee of the year. Uh, so that was kind of cool. And then they said, hey, um, we have this whole other division of our company in the newspaper industry. How do you feel about travel? And I train people uh, in the newspaper industry how to run these giant scan scanners um, that were literally about the size of your couch. It was ridiculous. I did that for a couple of years. And uh, just all over the time, I'm, I'm constantly learning new software, teaching people you know, how to maximize their efficiency with technology. And the cool thing was um, I'd been there 10 years, one employee of the year, two more times. And um, the uh, I've, this is where I learned a lesson. When you're in this, the, the training department, when, when salespeople don't hit their quota, uh, people get whacked. <laughs> this is the way it works. <laughs> Not and the so, death, I hope. <laughs> yeah. And so I, uh, I won employee of the year, and six weeks later I got let go because I was in the middle of teaching people a software that they then decided not to use. And I was like, oh, okay, well, what do you guys want me to do now? And they're like, um, yeah, what are we going to do with Dave? And I was like, ooh, I don't like the sounds of that. So, um, But the fun part was I had, no, I had no teaching degree. I had 10 years of teaching people, but I did not have a, a bachelor's degree in education. So I went back to school because I, I went to go to get a job. And about the seventh time I heard, yeah, we can't even interview you without a bachelor's degree. And I'm like, but look at my resume. I've done computer-based training. I've done this. I've written my own manuals. Didn't matter. So in my mid forties, I went back to uh, to school, which was fun because I walk into the class and go, "Oh, are you the teacher?" And I'm like, "No, no, I'm I'm a student." And I got my bachelor's degree, and uh, got my teaching degree. And until about a week and a half ago, um, I've been uh, teaching people again a lot of Microsoft stuff and QuickBooks and time management and all that other stuff. But in the meantime, I discovered podcasting, and so podcasting for me. Scratches like every itch I have because I mentioned I'm a guitar player, so I'm kind of a creative person. Um, I've definitely got the the teacher DNA that I love to help people, but I also am kind of geeky. I was building websites back in the day with uh, front page. I was teaching people how to build websites. I actually at one point was teaching people how to surf the internet because they didn't know what it was, which is before Google. And if you say the phrase before Google to somebody who's like 30, their head explodes. They don't understand what that means. And um, so I've always been... Uh, kind of wired that way. So when I found podcasting, it was like the the best thing ever because that's how I went back to school. When I when I got my first degree, I was a waiter. So I uh that was cool. It had a really flexible schedule and it paid okay. And so now I need to go back to school to get my my teaching degree and I'm like, "Oh, I need another flexible job." And so that's when podcasting came on the scene and I'm like, "Well, everything I was reading said membership sites are the the new big thing." And I was like, "Well, if that's true, and when I finally figured out what a podcast was, I was like, ooh, these are going to be really, really huge. And so I thought, well, if I make a membership site on how to teach people how to do a podcast, maybe I'll, that'll make enough money to keep me in books and in a car and in my phone and food, hopefully. And uh, so I, I started the school of podcasting to you know, fund my way. Didn't pay for school because unless you're robbing banks, you know, it's kind of hard to pay for school. <laughs> But it got me through school and uh, graduated and uh, was teaching for a while. And then, unfortunately, just recently, 
you guessed it, sales didn't make their quota, and uh, that, that teaching job is done. So now I'm actually um, taking a stab at doing full-time consulting with the School of Podcasting, and I'm getting ready to launch a couple other products and things like that. So it's it's scary, uh, but it's also exhilarating. I'm, I'm meeting a lot of really cool people, and, and along those 10 years, I've been podcasting since 2005. I've got a huge number of contacts of people that are like, oh, you're doing this full time. Um, it was kind of weird. One of my, quote, competition uh, was doing a podcast, uh, Mike Dell of uh, Podcast Help Desk. And when he heard I was going to, you know, pot- potentially be be hurting for cash, he said, hey, if you need consulting, don't call me, call Dave. He needs the work. And I was like, wow, that's really, really cool when your competition is sending you their business just because they think you're a nice guy and and, and because you've built this relationship. So. Uh, it's been interesting, and it's, it's, I've got a week under my belt at this point, and um, things are looking good. Dave, I, I gotta say, man, uh, it, it, and it's not just because Mike Dell thinks you're you're a cool guy. I think you're a cool guy. <laughs> I mean, you, uh, and I should put this this out there. When I did my podcast conference back in September, you know, Dave was, was jumped right in when he got you know found out about what it was, and uh, I can't tell you how much I appre- was appreciative of that, and the, you know everything that you've done. Uh, you know, did you, you know, your talk and all that. Just, I mean, just coming out like eight. Was it was six hours, seven hours, seven, seven hours of driving. Uh, you know, to come and be a part of of it, and not just be a part of it, but but talk and be a close the closing speaker. Uh, that kept people around till you know just, just after <laughs> six o'clock. But, um, well, if somebody asked me to talk about podcasts, you don't have to twist my arm really hard. And then the fact to me, seven hours. Hey, that's driving distance. This year, I'll probably fly. But, uh, you know, it was uh, a lot of fun. And, and look, I mean, you know, the first year was cool. Second year is going to be even better. Third year will be even better than that. You know, you, you got to start somewhere. And it was cool, man. You're doing a great job. Well, thank you. And, yeah, no, next next year I'm already I already got my sights on next year, you know, uh, doodling some ideas that I think that we could get away with and, and go bigger and better than this than already this year. Um, obviously, you got to keep my eye on the ball for this year because i got to make right. it happen. But you know, I always I'm always thinking the brain doesn't yeah. stop, and, and I'm no. sure you feel the same way, Dave. That you know, when you go to sleep at night, your brain doesn't just like, okay, it's time to go to sleep. It's like it has to be like willed into going to sleep. Like actually, I'm, I'm the opposite. What I do is I stay at my computer until I fall asleep. So when I wake up there, I'm like, okay, my body's telling me it's going to sleep. The problem is, is if I wake up at whatever six in the morning or something like that, and I give if my eyes are open enough. Or if I roll over what and my brain kicks into gear, it's all over. Once the brain wakes up, it's done. I'm done. It's time to get up. Because it's like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll think about it in a second. I'm just going to go back to sleep. It's like, no, you're not. Your brain's awake. And it's like, what if I did this? And I wonder if this theme would work with that. And it's, if we're done. Yes. It's-, <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. And then, like, the phone's right there. And it's like, hey, hey, Joe. Hey, Joe, pick me up. You know, there might be emails in there that you haven't yeah. seen yet. You know, yeah. there might be messages while you were sleeping from people yeah. that live in other time zones that aren't sleeping while you, you know, yeah. pick me up, turn me on. And then it's like, yeah. oh, that just opens. I, you know what I need? And I don't know, maybe you do. Uh, maybe this could help too. But I need an alarm clock, not to wake me up, but just like a, like a, like a little digital clock that I can hit to just know what time it is. Cause, mm-hmm. cause you see all those notifications and I'm like, Oh, I gotta, Oh man, I got this email from this person. I gotta, I gotta respond to them like right now, Joe, it's 3am and you, you still need to get some sleep before yeah. like you're supposed to wake up, you know, it's tough. That's me. I need a, uh, I need a clock in my bedroom cause I never know what time it is. And then my, I put my, my alarm is my phone. 
and I put it in a place where I have to get up to to get it. And so if I go, I wonder what time it is. Well, then I, I have to get out of bed and that's it. It's all over. I'm and awake. Your now. brain turns on and it's, <laughs> it's over. Yeah. Cause then you start thinking of all those little things. It's almost like a meditation, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you already have, you have all that energy stored up, but then like three hours later, I'm like, Ugh, I'm already exhausted. Yeah, like, it's time for a nap. Yeah, yeah it, it is. It is. And that's one of the yeah. things that working for yourself, you know, you can schedule that nap. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, it, it takes, it's funny because the, when I first was unemployed and I was like, man, I have all this time. And it was amazing how unproductive I was because before it was like I had three days planned. It was like Mondays, Thursdays, and Saturdays were official podcast consulting days. And now I could do it whenever I wanted. And because I kind of didn't have that sense of urgency um, that I could just, yeah, I'll do that later or I'll do this now and I'll do this. So I was, I was pushing a million peanuts an inch at a time as opposed to focusing on three peanuts and pushing those off the table. So I had to seriously sit back and go, wait a minute. Because I use a, a program, you've probably heard of it, called Asana. It's like my to-do list, and it's A-S-A-N-A. And uh, it's an awesome little tool, but I kind of was like, well, I'll just have Post-it notes now. And, and, and so I kind of got a little di- – not, I guess distracted. I wasn't working on things that were worthless, but I was working on too many things, and I was losing some of my – so I had to like go back and like, wait a minute, let's bust out the whiteboard. What are the things I'm going to accomplish today and really pound it out? Because I had so much time to do that. That I kind of got sloppy, I guess, in a way. So uh, that is something that's changed in probably the last three days because it just dawned on me. I'm like, wait a minute, we just had two days, and what do we accomplish besides watching Shark Tank? You know, it's like we we need to get a little more focus. So hey, I know I I hear that. I uh, but you know, Shark Tank is great because you, you get ideas yeah. and you learn yeah. and. Um, if you really if you really hone in and listen to what they're they're talking about, like they are talking about business stuff. Like there's a lot of fluff yeah. in it, but you know it's it is a really great show for that. Yeah, um, as opposed to keeping up with the Kardashians, which is a complete waste of time. Yeah, yeah, I would. I mean, I love Kanye West, but I would agree that, that is a, <laughs> uh, a waste of time. And he probably uh, he probably wouldn't say it, but but I'm yeah. sure he's probably thinking it as well. <laughs> uh, outside of the checks that come in, right? Yeah, <laughs> if those checks stopped, I, I guarantee you, he would yeah. be like, "This is a waste of time." Yeah. Um. So, no, but I I, I totally sympathize. So you know what you know what you got to do. You gotta start more podcasts. <laughs> I thought about it. I actually have um most of my, yeah. Most of my shows are um usually around a half hour to an hour. And um one of my segments on my show is called Because of My Podcast. And it's just people that say, Hey, wow, I just got to interview one of my heroes or hey, I just I, I launched a product and it's selling more than it ever has because I have a podcast. So it's basically a one question survey because of my podcast blank. Um, and that's always been a fun segment. I might turn that into its own podcast just so I can have a website. So if somebody says, well, why should I start a podcast? I can go here, go listen to all of these and that'll get them all, uh, excited to start a podcast. No, I, I think that's a great idea. And, and, uh, actually my, uh, my friend Jessica Kufferman actually started up a site the other day. Yep. You, you saw that, right? It was like mypodcast.org. Yeah. 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 It was a great little, great little site. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I you know podcasting is is a wonderful medium. Um, I love love it for for what it is, getting getting your voice out there and getting to be creative about it. That's one of the things I love. Um, even though I have like six shows at this point, and I'm I'm probably going to pare that down a little bit in the not too distant future uh, to probably about three or four. But 
what I love about it is is that even when you get to the point of like, eh, I could keep doing it, or maybe uh, you know, maybe I should move on, maybe I should start a different show up instead, and but I don't want that show to end. Like that's when it's like, hey, maybe what I need to do is refocus it because at the end of the day, unless this is a business for you where it's like you're getting all those downloads and those are creating leads and all this other stuff is happening because of a very specific topic. Like this becomes your bread and butter. This like one show, the show is like, it's your show, right? You can do whatever you want. You don't have to go up the ladder to like through CB, you know, CBS and be like, well, I want to change. Well, we're not sure about that because we like the, you know, we like the, we have to have a committee on that first. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And then the committee has to have a committee for a committee, a committee. And then maybe in a year and a half, we'll talk about it. Right. If the vice president signs off on it. Yeah, exactly. So, but it's like, no, you're, you're all that and you can make it, you know, and even with this show, adding a monologue to the front end of the show has really helped me. And I, and I've learned through doing the monologue, well, not monologues, but like just the one-on-one conversations with Melissa on the birth podcast, uh, leading up to our first child. It's, you know, it's like, Hey, I want to integrate that into dreamers podcast, you know, follow my journey and interview people at the same time and, and, and kind of mesh it together. So, you know, it's your show and you can do whatever it is that you want because I, I, right, I don't know any clean way to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's – and I always tell people your podcast is a lot like a recipe. So you're trying to serve your audience and you might come out and go, here it is. And they go, hmm, a little, little too much salt in that. Okay, hold on. Let me do this. And, and that's where you – I always say podcasting is a time-shifted conversation. And so when you get that feedback, they're like, yeah, it's – you know, one of the reasons my the school of podcasting is about 45 minutes long is I went to Blog World and everyone's like, oh, you're Dave Jackson. I'm like, yeah, it's great to meet you. Great. And I'm like, you know, tell me what you love about the show. And they're like, oh, I think it's awesome. And they're like, well, tell me what you'd like to see different. And they're like, oh, it's easy. There's one thing I hate about it. And I go, what's that? And they go, it's too short. And I'm like, really? So I, I heard that about six or seven times. And that's when it went from being about 20 minutes to about 40. And so, and I still go back occasionally and go, because to me, that, that's a lot of Dave. And, um, but they're like, oh, it needs to be, you know, it's, it's good. Make it longer. And I'm like, it's not going any longer than that. But <laughs> so it's, you can tweak it anytime you want. If somebody says, I, um, at one point I had a little jingle where I was asking my listeners to, if you're a brand new listener, give me three listens. And if at the end of three, I'm either going to grow on you or you're just going to hate me, but give me three listens to grow on you. And I had this little jingle where the people would, would count one, two, three, and I played it twice. And I had somebody say, if you ever play that jingle again, I'm going to unsubscribe immediately because it was a little annoying. It was just this constantly repeating of one, two, three. And it's like, one, two, three. Like, please quit doing that. So they will let you know if something doesn't taste good. And so you just tweak your, your podcast until people are like, this is awesome. This is great. And now you, you, get them to to know you, they like you, they trust you. And if you're going to do a product of some sort, or if you have affiliate marketing, or if you're trying to be a speaker or whatever it is, now you leverage that relationship that you have. People always say, well, do you sell the MP3 file? No, the MP3 file is just a a bridge to build that relationship. It's the relationship that you then um, turn into whatever the heck you want it to be. Definitely. Um, So how did your your family take this? Like, I'm going to become a podcaster. And they're like, you're a drug dealer now? We don't... <laughs> yeah. Do um, well, now they're kind of like, well, it's about time um, because I, I talk, you know, nonstop about podcasting. So when I first started it um, back in 2005, they were like, a, a what? A who? A what? And <laughs> so I'd have to, you know, at that point I was, you know, 
recording down by the water heater in the basement next to the laundry. You know, <laughs> so I had to show them on the computer, here's what it does. And they're like, okay, whatever, you know. So, but at this point, they're all like, well, you know, um, they're all pretty supportive. They're like, you know, if anybody can do it, you can do it. So that's, that's kind of cool. So, and I, like I say, I've got a lot of support from, um, my audience, you know, and it's cool when you, you know, you kind of announce that, Hey, I'm, I'm going to take a stab at this because I've, I've, you know, because sales didn't hit their quota. I now unemployed, um, <laughs> that everybody's like, Hey, if I can help, you know, I had, a a, a couple people, um, I have a, a website support this that I just set up. It's got a bunch of affiliate links and you can donate and things like that. But I had people like, do you have a donate button somewhere? And I'm like, well, if you want to, it's over here. And so the minute I did that, everybody's like, well, where can I, you know, I want to donate some money just to keep your, keep some gas in the tank. And I didn't even have to ask for that. They just kind of, it just kind of came out and I was like, well, that's really cool. So yeah, so it's, uh, so far it's been positive. So I, I think that'd be great until I go hitting people up for money. <laughs> that's when they were like, I don't know about this podcast thing. Yeah. But, but so far that hasn't happened. Well, I mean, I, I think that what you're, you're doing is, you know, obviously there's, there's other people doing it. Um, right. and, and there's some really good guys that are, that are doing just that, you know, on mm-hmm. the, on the scale, uh, that you're looking to do it at like money wise, the scale yeah. that you're looking to do it at. So, um, I don't know about the time commitment cause your, your time commitment that you're looking for is like a year, right? Yeah, I'm actually I started a, a new thing. It's called podcastmentorship.com. And what it is is kind of where you sit back and you go, "Okay, what would be my dream client?" Right? What do I want to do? I want to make a living helping people not just launch a podcast, but launch a really good podcast that impacts people in a positive way. And I looked at what are some of the fears of my of people that want to do that? Well, is anybody going to listen to me? I'm not sure what I should talk about. I know I have a topic, but I'm not sure how I should cover it. And I was like, okay, let's do this. For the first six weeks, let's get a group of us together. So it's kind of a group consulting. And then also we'll meet as a group and then we'll meet with just you and me one-on-one. And we're going to use like a Google spreadsheet that we both can work on. And we're going to figure out all the places in your niche that people hang out. I'm going to go over there and see what they're talking about. And so are you. And that'll give us our topics for your your podcast. Um, We're going to find out all the cool places that people go to talk about this kind of stuff. Uh, we'll find out who the top influencers are in this place. And what it does, if you think about it, have you ever had a, a gift, Joe, that you want to give to somebody and you can't wait for Christmas to give it to them? Yes, I have. Okay, now why was that? Why couldn't you wait? Be, well, why, could, why couldn't I wait is because I felt that they connect, would connect with it on, on a really deep level. Exactly. You You knew it was going to be a great gift. Yeah. And so what I want to do is help this podcaster create what would be the best gift ever for their audience. So how do you know if it's a good gift? Because you know that person and you know they're going to love it or you know they look good in purple or whatever it is, whatever the gift is, you know it's going to connect. And so how do I know this podcast is going to connect? Because we're going to do the research on your niche, on your market, on the people, find out what people are talking about, and that's what we're going to talk about. So the, when your target audience finds it, they're like, oh my gosh, this podcast was made for me. I can't believe it. So that's the plan. And then after the first six weeks, I want to meet once a month because now we can get into, now that it's off the ground, how are we going to promote it? How are we going to grow it? Things of that nature. And so for me, I'm like, well, 
one of my favorite times when I was a teacher, I taught at a, a college and I had the same students for a whole semester where when I was teaching in the corporate world, I'd have different students every single day. And so I'm like, okay, I want students who I can work with for a full year, which is a, it's a big commitment. But at the end of that year, we should have a, a really cool podcast that's connecting with your audience. And uh, we're going to, you know, Google analytics, everything so we can test and see what's working, what's not working. And so I'm looking for somebody who's really looking to get committed. So this isn't kind of the typical hobbyist. I want to start a podcast and crack some brews and talk with my buddy. Um, although, you know, that would be fine, but you have to define why you want a podcast because you have to give me a target to hit. So that's, it's a different whole thing for me. And it, it is, it's a little bit out of my comfort zone because I'm like, eh, this isn't my normal target audience. My normal target audience is kind of like the serious hobbyist. Well, this is like, no, somebody who wants to maybe grow their business or really get the word out and things like that. So yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see if it flies, but there's only one way to know. And that's to throw it on the wall and see if it sticks. You know, honestly, I think that you aren't charging enough. <laughs> well, that's it. I was going to charge more, and I'm like, nah, it's the first time out. Let's let's do that. Uh, we'll see that run. Because, yeah, it's $5,000 a year. And I, I added up um, all the hours that's going to be involved and the fact that you actually get a pass during that, that year to the School of Podcasting. So you're basically getting the School of Podcasting for free is what it amounts to, plus a little bit of a discount on my um, uh, consulting but I was like, you know, it's the first time, you know, I'm going to be learning along with you. I'm sure there'll be some things that, I mean, I have everything already lined up of what we're going to do, but I'm sure when I actually run people through the program, we'd be like, Ooh, you know what? This is good. Or this will, we'll, we'll change this or we'll tweak that. So, uh, but yeah, it should be, should be a lot of fun. I, I imagine it will be. And, uh, I like how you're not calling yourself a coach. You're calling yourself a mentor. Yeah. That's to me, a coach is somebody who's on the sidelines and, and is telling you what to do. I'm going to be right next to you, like looking for your target audience. I'm going to be person that's doing here. You take these keywords. I'm going to take these keywords and we'll compare our notes. So I, I want to be right there with you, uh, mainly because while I want you to report back what you learned, it's a lot easier if I just learned it with you. And then everybody, I'll have not only the experience I have with student A, but with student B and student C and that way, because I'm involved with everybody, when I get the whole group together, I can say, Joe, tell you know Steve what you did, and Nancy, why don't you fill in Margaret, what happened there? And we can get that synergy going as well. So it's, it's one of those things on paper. I'm like, this should be really cool. Um, I also want to document everything. Behind the scenes, I think what I'm going to do, if, if everybody's up to it that signs up for this, re we're going to record all of our meetings anyway. But I might take some of this and put it into a kind of a um, – almost like a serial, not serial, startup, where they documented the, the um, and I think I have the domain podcast test case or something like that. No, podcast case study. Case study, so okay. It, it, it might be, uh, that might turn into, some of this, this class might actually turn into a podcast that documents how we did it. Dave, you made me want to give you $5,000. I don't <laughs> even have the 5000 to give you, and I already have the platform and everything. But that just sounds so awesome, and to have a have a teammate. I mean, you know, ha having a teammate. You know, you you could be um you 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 know, you could be the I don't know what the basketball terminology would be uh, the the Shaq to Kobe or something like that. Yeah, you know? that, yeah basically. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, the Scottie Pippen of yeah, podcasting. There you go. That's a <laughs> yeah. So it's like yeah, we're and we're trying to make you know the Michael Jordan be be Michael Jordan. 
But I, you know, he can't be Michael Jordan if he doesn't have Scotty Pippen. That's right. Yeah, and and even uh, Dennis Rodman, right? Right. Between the, you know, between the three of them, like you can't have one without the other uh, to make to make the greatness that was Michael Jordan. So uh, it's (laughs) that's you, man. That's the plan. We'll That's see. you. I, I, I'm super proud of you and super. I'm so glad that I was there for uh, when. You, was that the first time you announced it? Was on your show earlier today? Yeah, earlier today. So I was like, okay, which was hilarious because I, I, uh, I'm going to add some more things to the website. It's podcastmentorship.com. But I went over this morning and I did the graphic like late last night for part of it, and it had a typo in it. I'm like, oh, I'm glad I found that. That would have been fun. <laughs> so. This is why you don't do. This is why you don't do web design at like you know one thirty in the morning. It's not a good idea. Yeah, no, you shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> you, you save that time for like maintenance or something yeah. like that. You know. Uh, so all right. So what's been the what was like the biggest roadblock for you leading up to to launching uh, podcast oh, mentorship? Easy. Um, the old everybody's favorite, right? The uh, imposter syndrome. Amen. Because I because I've had so many people that would join the school of podcasting and they'd be like. Whoa, this is, I can't believe, oh, dude, wow, oh, and then say, you really need to raise your price. And I heard this over and over, and it's kind of like when your mom says you're pretty, right? You're like, well, of course I am. It's my mom, right? Or or you're handsome or whatever. And I always I always appreciated the um, compliment, but it was kind of like, well, of course they're saying that. It's so-and-so. And so um, I was doing some kind of cold calling, trying to to find some people that I thought would make great podcast hosts. And I had some lady call me back and she goes, well, wait a minute. Did you say this is Dave Jackson? And I'm like, yeah, Dave Jackson from the school of podcasting. And I'm, I'm giving her my pitch and explaining her. And she goes, did you go to social media marketing world last year? And I go, actually, no, I couldn't. I was the director of podcasting for the new media expo and we overlapped each other. So I couldn't attend. She's like, wow. She goes, cause it was like you were there because everybody was talking about you. And I'm like, really? And she goes, well, yeah. And she goes, I got to tell you, you have like a spotless reputation. Everybody just loves what you're doing. And I was like, really? And so here was somebody who had nothing to gain, really. She was just a stranger, wasn't a member of the school of podcasting, wasn't somebody looking for a discount or whatever. And so it took a complete stranger telling me, wow, you have really good stuff, to where I finally went, uh, okay, I guess I have really good stuff then. So that's weird that it takes a stranger. But that's when I was like, all right. you know. And then it's the other thing I realized is because birds of a feather flock together, everybody I talked to is either a my competition, whether it's Daniel J. Lewis or Ray Ortega or, or Cliff Ravenscraft or whoever, they all know the same stuff I do. So it doesn't seem like I know that much because they know it too. And you think, well, everybody knows, you know, this is the best way to do it. But then when you finally get somebody who knows nothing and they want to start a podcast, you're like this guru because they're like, well, what's an RSS feed? And I'm like, really? Okay. Well, let me get you up and going. So I think that was the other thing. The, the people I hung out with, we're also experts, and I kind of it, – it sounds weird, but it kind of um, – I don't know. Dumbed down, it dumbs down your expertise in a way because it seems like everybody knows this. So if everybody knows it, well, then why would I charge for it? Well, no, everybody doesn't know it. It's just the people you're running with. Does that make any sense? No, it makes perfect sense, and I, I feel the same way with computers and all that stuff. Like it, it always – it's like you have to take yourself out of the equation and be like, okay, well, if I knew nothing – what would I, you know, where would I start? And if that's where I'm starting from, well, then I guess I really don't know a whole lot. But I think as as you and I, you know, probably have run into is is like, well, 
you know, what level is ev- is every single person coming in to school podcasting? Is every person like they don't know how to turn on a computer and they heard this word podcast all of a sudden I want one? Or is it they know how to, you know, do a blog? So they are but but you know, at what level do, do are they running WordPress? Are they hosting their own blog? Are they just running Blogspot? Like what you know, everybody comes in a different. So you have to like take yourself out of that and be like, okay, well, look, because I, I and look, I, the word expert is way overused. I mean, I I, I think you can agree, right, uh, with that, and, and that's why I, I always I call myself a professional. You know, okay. I don't know everything. Professionals get better. Professional sports players aren't the best. They get they practice to get better. You know, they just they've gotten to a certain level and then they get accepted as as a professional. They get paid like a professional. And and that's that's the way I look at it is is being a professional. But, it, yeah, it, it is tough, right? Like to be like people and it can be frustrating, too, because like I, people like you and me, Dave, our minds are always running like on things that are like more comp- like to us. They're not complicated, um, but they're more complicated. It's way more complicated to somebody who doesn't think like a computer. Right. You know, it that doesn't have like know how computers work and, and not just like, oh, I hit the power button, it turns on, I move the mouse, it moves the mouse. Like, how does code read? How does, you know, that kind of stuff? Like, how do computers think? Yeah. And that's that's the key. It's, it's you, you kind of lose. And that's where I guess another thing that helped me overcome my my imposter syndrome is when somebody will sign up and they're like, I have a couple of questions and they'll sign up for like a 50 minute consultation. And they'll just come in. They're like, well, this will probably take all 15 minutes. They'll have like six questions and we get done in seven minutes. They're like, well, that didn't take long. And it's like, well, yeah. And you realize that for for them being new, it seems kind of hard. But for me, it's like, oh, no, just click there, click there, click there. Now, how do I know that? Because I've been doing it for 10 years. So what you're paying for is that experience. And so I always tell people, you're going to pay in, in one of two ways. You're either going to pay in time or money. And so in this case, they saved, you know, they spent a little money to have a quick 15 minute consultation, but they saved themselves, you know, a week of headaches trying to dig through. Because the fun thing now is podcasting's getting, we're still basically, I mean, we're not even a teenager yet, but there's a lot of information out there from 2006 and seven that doesn't really pertain to today, you know, where it says, well, use FeedBurner and do this and, you know, host it on Padango and all these other websites that don't exist anymore you know, I can steer you in the right way without spending a thousand dollars on equipment and get you going. So yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting that way that, um, that, that helped when I was like, so when you're like, I don't know, I got a, I got a really weird problem. And then you'd hear it and you're like, Oh yeah, I've seen this. Just do this, this, that, that, and that. And that's when you start to kind of, it dawns on you that, Hey, you know, I, I guess I do know this stuff. Yeah. You know, the, the imposter syndrome is tough and, and it's, you know, it, Sometimes and, and 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 coming from an IT as an IT professional, it's it's tough with because like I see things and I'm just like why why like it's like it shouldn't be that way, right? Like it shouldn't be this hard, and it shouldn't be that hard for people to 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 see it and understand it. It's it, it it's it's very well. Part of it is. If somebody asked you what was like your worst childhood memory, you could probably come to it like that, right? You're like, oh, I remember the time. Um, I'll give you one. In first grade, I sat next to Mark Emery. I mean, that's how much I remember this. Uh, I thought Mark was a cool guy. Mark has a birthday party and invites everybody but me. And it was like, what? And so I told my mom. Now, my mom called Mark's mom and got me an invite. But to this day, I'm kind of like, did he forget or did he really just not want me at his party? It was kind of weird. 
but if somebody asks, like, what was your, your favorite childhood memory? Um, you might have one or two or whatever, but a lot of times remembering the good stuff doesn't stick out. It's like if somebody gives you a negative review about your podcast, that one negative review will outweigh a thousand great things that people have said about it. So I think we tend to remember the negative um, because it just, for whatever reason, that's just the way we're wired or whatever. And so I think that's what feeds the imposter syndrome. Mm, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I, I agree. Um, but the so part of, oh, so that, I think that's where I wanted to go was like part of the imposter syndrome isn't just knowing the stuff, right? It's knowing it and feeling the confidence to be like, yeah, yeah I should be paid for that. Yeah. I've been working with computers since I was about six years old. I have experience. Like this isn't yep. like my first rodeo at like trying to figure stuff out and going through the process. And you know, we learn as we go and that's, you know, what makes us professionals. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, we, we bring all these years and all this experience with us. That it's like, well, can't you just teach me how to do that? And it's like, well, I, I can, but you know, it took me this long to get to knowing all the stuff off the top of my head like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a, uh, an old story that, I don't know, insert famous artist, Da Vinci or somebody, was sitting on a bench and a woman came over and, and saw him doodling and said, oh, could you could you draw me? And he did in about a minute and a half and it was this really awesome painting. And he's like, you know, that'll be whatever, $35,000. And she's like, what? And he's like, well, it only took you 10 seconds to draw it. And he's like, yeah, but it took me years of, you know, doodling to get to that, uh, to where I could do that in 10 seconds. So that's the part I think we forget. Yeah, we try to like devalue ourselves and devalue our knowledge and um and it's and stuff because we have people that try to pull us down too and try to like, oh well you should just give that knowledge away for free all the time, every time. Like Well, and that was the other thing. I wanted to be uh, to me I'm like, I want to help everybody. As as a teacher, that's in my DNA. And I was like, so I, I have, as you mentioned, I have a show on Saturday mornings that I give free podcast advice. So that was the other hump I had to get over. I'm like, well, I want to help everybody. And if I raise my price, then I'm not going to be able to help everybody. I'm like, well, no, I can. If you want free advice, it's every Saturday morning at 1030. There you go. So I had to get over that hump. And that's one of the reasons I think I'm going to keep that show is that way if there is somebody who can't afford whatever I'm offering, oh, here's something for free. You just got to get up on Saturday morning to do it. Right. Or, you, you know, or need something cheaper. School podcasting is still an option. Right. You know, so it's not like that that isn't there. And, you know, I, I think that's that's great. I, I think the only like we, we were talking before the, the show, the only thing you might run into is you got to find your target audience at this yep. point because your target audience that you have is not necessarily who is going to be going after. You're going to have to go after to get 5,000, 6,000, 10,000, 20,000, right. 50,000, 100,000. I mean, why stop there, right? Why not? Right. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. What, let's say I do this and nobody signs up. Am I a failure? No. This is where I go. That's feedback. That's feedback is not failure. It's, it's like, okay, you got to tweak this. So either A, I didn't find my target audience. B, maybe I didn't explain the value well enough or whatever. But, you know, um, I'm going to say it's let, probably the second one. Yeah, uh, exactly. It, it's, it's, it's probably, if it comes to, because it's not you, it's not your, you know, you have yeah. the experience, you have the resume. Yeah. If, you, if you don't explain it well enough, that's. Nobody's going to get right, it. Right. And you need yeah. to, like, really. I don't want to say dumb it down, but you got to really take it down to like the bare roots of like explaining like everything. Yep. Yeah. So that's actually on my plate today. I'm going to add a whole page to, to really describe the value, but that's where, you know, to me, if something doesn't work, it's not failure. It's just feedback to 
help me do something else. So and you learn from it. I mean, that's yeah. how we. That's how you know people get successful. They, I mean, you know, even Michael Jordan had a problem. Oprah had a problem. You know, right. every every person that you know, Walt Disney's had problems. So you know, everybody who had that success, they had to have a lot of failure in the in the road to that to learn what they shouldn't do. Right. Uh, along exactly. The way to it. Well, one of the uh, one of the most um, uh, in the early days, successful podcasters. Her name is uh, Mignon Fogarty. She does a podcast called Grammar Girl, and everybody knows her because she was on Oprah. And um, at the time, was she was the first podcaster to be on the Oprah Show. And the thing I always like to point out is Grammar Girl was her second podcast. It wasn't her first one. So she started one. It was science based. Took a lot of time, a lot of effort, and. Um, after a while, she just wasn't her thing, and it just wasn't uh, floating her boat, for lack of a better phrase. And she wanted to start another podcast, and she's like, well, I really like grammar. And she started that this cute, short little show, and next thing you know, she's on Oprah. So, you know, what she could have said after that first show, oh, podcasting stink, it's, it's too hard or whatever, and just quit. No, she learned that, well, I learned here that I don't want to do a show about science. And she turned to another passion, and there you go. So... It's not feedback is not failure. Yeah, I, I always reference the uh, was it, there was a golf channel commercial that I happened to I don't watch golf or or the golf channel, but it happened to be on at a, I was right. at a golf um, country club thing or something like that. It happened to be on, and the commercial was talking about like all of these expert golfers who sucked at all these things before they got the right tool in their hands, which was a golf club, and now right. they're you know they're who they are. That's it. So you just got to keep trying new things. Yes, you do. Um, so, Dave, since this is the Dreamers podcast, what was your childhood dream growing up? Boy, that's a good question. Um, hmm. I had dreams for a while, you know, being a musician. Um, uh, back in the 80s, you know, I was uh, really into uh, playing guitar and I was in bands and had the hair to prove it. And uh, so that was one that everybody's like, when I graduated high school, people were like, oh, man, you need to move to California and get in a band. And I was like, eh, because I know being a, a full-time musician, that's not an easy gig, and it's it's kind of a crapshoot. So I, uh, I I didn't do that. Um, I guess just like everybody else, you kind of wanted, the, you know, a good job with uh, – you don't have to worry about money, you know, maybe some family and a kid and this and that and the whole nine yards. I don't think I had – it wasn't like I wanted to be a fireman or a – you know, astronaut or anything like that. I just wanted to basically have a, a, you know, a typical kind of life. I know it's not a very good answer. <laughs> and now you're a rock star podcaster. Yeah. And you know, it comes all full well, circle. And, and to me, it's funny to look back at, and that's why I love podcasts. And that's one where I was like, oh, this, this is, this is a fit. And it goes back to, you know, being a musician, I kind of learned a little bit about audio equipment. And I remember I walked into the church I was going to and was talking to the sound guy there and was looking at their extremely outdated um, sound equipment. And he showed me how to run it. I sat in this little room and watched him run the sound. And literally that week, the guy dropped dead of a heart attack. So at the ripe old age of, I think, 13, I became the sound guy at my church. Um, well, that led me to get more into sound equipment and microphones and things like that. Um, and so then later when podcasting comes around, well, I've already got microphones, I've already got cables, got everything else. You know, and then being a teacher at that point, um, you know, that lends itself to podcasting. 
And then the fact that it's kind of geeky, you know, you get to build websites and you get to play with software and things like that, that I just went, this, this scratches every itch I have. And so that's where I look back and go, okay, I didn't understand why I was doing this, but I'm, I can see where that led to this and this led to that. And you know, I was a, why I got into being a technician, but really didn't like it, but that led to this. So, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. but the, if you look at kind of what makes you tick and what your strengths are, um, you know, one of the reasons they made me the trainers, they said, well, all the other technicians were kind of, well, nerdy technicians. They were all kind of introverted and um, didn't exactly have the people skills. And the guy that hired me when I was fixing copier said, you seem to like to talk. And he goes, so we're going to make you the trainer. And I went, all right. So, and at the time, um, when, I, when he hired me, he was a manager and now he was a vice president. And I think half the reason was... Um, Everybody else freaked out because his name was Greg. I was like, ooh, you know, you went up and talked to Greg. And I'm like, yeah, Greg's a pretty nice guy. I'm like, yeah, but he's a VP. And I'm like, well, so what? He's a, he's a cool guy. He's, you know, he's pretty funny. And I think that impressed him with the fact that I didn't let him intimidate me because I just thought he was Greg. I didn't care that he was, you know, Greg. You know, it's like he's just a nice guy. And if you talk to him, he'll actually talk to you too. So I think that was the other thing. I didn't, um, I didn't let that intimidate me. So, and that ended up leading me into training. So. Well, as long as Greg's not a jerk, <laughs> yeah, know, that, no. that's a, that's yeah, a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, you know, I, I I love the fact that you know everything you know happens for a reason, and and it, you can see how the, everything comes like full circle. Like even though you know you might not have uh, you know completed your your you know your childhood dream necessarily, it usually plays some kind of part in what you want to do, especially. If you're like a go-getting person like you who started a podcast when most people, you know, didn't have yeah. computers yet, you know, I just remember just I remember googling computers. it. I googled like podcast. There was like a page and a half of results. That was it back in in 2005. And there are a lot of things I don't realize that I had my hand in. I had a guy that came back and started another podcast. He said, "Do you realize that the very first like military-based podcast?" was based on skills I learned at the school of podcasting. And he had done, I forget the name of his podcast, but it was the first like official, like army, air force, whatever it was podcast. And he did it because he was at the school of podcasting. He says, so if anybody ever asks, what was the first military uh, podcast based podcast? You, you can say you do have a hand in that. So I had no idea. Oh, I love it. Love it. Love it. Um, so what do your dreams for the future look like? I mean, obviously you're, you're launching a new uh, set of, well, product, service, yeah, uh, mentorship. So, what's your what's your dreams for that to look like? My dream for that is to somehow, in one way or another, get paid to help people podcast. Um, I'd like to. I do like to travel on occasion. So, to me, if I could go around, I'd like to speak. Um, so, you know, go around doing uh, talks and speeches and things of that nature, um, just because um, it's cool to have these online interactions, but it's, it's, there is another level and that's when you get face to face with people. Um, and people go, wow, you sounded shorter. So that's always fun. I'm like, how do you sound short? Uh, but, um, so yeah, just to continue on and just branching out into being seen more as, you know, the podcast consultant guy. I love it. Love it. And, and, and so well-deserved as well. And, and obviously, cause so many people, do revere you. Um, and, and, you know, I, I would say that even though that, that has happened, it doesn't seem to have blown up your head much. Uh, and, and probably because of the, the self doubt and the imposter yeah. syndrome. So it does have its place, 
it does have its place in keeping people grounded. Yeah, and and you just have to make sure that because I've always been very um, conscious of that. I'm a I'm a pretty good guitar player, but I've always tried to be the anti guitar player. I tried to show up on time, be sober, and know my stuff, you know, and 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 not play on fifty. You know, it's like let's keep it around four so people can actually hear themselves think. You know, so I've always tried to kind of break stereotypes, and so um, you know, I I never want to be. I've met some musicians who um, I once, um, do you remember, the, you probably don't remember, the. there was a band called Autograph back in the 80s. They had a song called Turn Up the Radio. No, okay. Yes. Yes, okay, anyway. Yes, I think I do, actually. It's, it's an obscure hit. And I got to be a roadie for Autograph for, for one gig, and uh, their drummer was an absolute just idiot, just out of his mind, egomaniac, and I thought, I'm never going to be that guy. Don't want to be that guy to where, you know, you just, you could talk to him, you know, it's like, no, don't even look at him. Like, what? So I've always made um, a concerted effort to to not let my ego get inflated. So, and, and by doing that, you then develop better relationships. When I was in a band, I would go out and talk to everybody that was in the club. And they were like, wow, it's the guitar player. He was right there on stage and now he's here talking about my birthday or whatever it was. Um, but by doing that, you built this relationship with your audience, and then they would come back to hear you play. It's, again, it, it goes back to building that relationship. And to me, an ego can be a hindrance to that, I guess. If you if you think, well, I, I, I I'm I'm Dave Jackson, that's not going to work. So, I don't know. It's 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 a tough balance sometimes to yeah. find because you have to you have to love yourself because you know to a, a lot because nobody else is going to love yourself as much as you are, and that's. You know, one of the things that Kanye uh, West has taught me very well is that you need to love yourself. Uh, you know, and again, he puts his foot in his mouth uh, enough times, but as we all do, yeah. But you know, there, there's a lot to be said for that. Like, if you don't believe and, and trust and love yourself enough, no one else is going to do that for you. Mm. And if you don't assert yourself to the level of like, hey this is what I can do. And this is not just me talking. This is my resume where it's like, Hey, I've already done all this stuff. So like you can go get someone else, but like my resume speaks for itself. You know, this isn't just Dave Jackson saying how amazing Dave Jackson is and how great of a guy, you know, Dave Jackson is. And this is all course in the third Dave Jackson talking about Dave Jackson (laughs) in the, the Dave Jackson third person. Dave Jackson. So, you know, it, it, there's there's a lot to be said for that, but you do still have to be grounded and uh, you know, take yourself out of the out of the clouds to make, you know, you can you can be awesome and still be on the ground. Right, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, cuz otherwise I don't know, anytime I've ever met somebody like that, it's you usually don't want to be around that person. Probably not. And you're probably buying too much into what everybody else is saying, too, yeah. combining with the fact that you're supposed to love yourself to put yourself in that position in the first place. So, you know, don't necessarily buy your own hype, but build your own resume and say, look, it speaks for itself. Well, I always tell people you're you're never as good as your best review and you're never as bad as your worst review. Just like sports uh, yeah. standings. Yeah, exactly. Because like, there's always a better guitar player, and there's always going to be somebody that's worse than me. You know, just go out and do the best you can, and um, you know, in, in the end, that's when when my head hits the pillow, I can say, "Did I do everything I could today?" Yeah, I did, and I, I, I gave it my best. So it's like um, when you're a trainer, you always have to hand out the smiley sheets right at the end. How did we do? 
you know, and it's always like, you know, I always looked at the results, but it wasn't like, well, if I could do this class again, I would do this different because I always made the best decision I could at the time, you know, based on whatever was happening in the class. So right, right, always right. do your best. Dave, before we wrap up and tell everyone how they can go to the school com and contact Dave Jackson, is there any last things you'd like to share? Just don't be afraid to start. That's, that's the thing. I see so many people that they have an idea, you know, and to me, you know, do a little research. One of the, the first mistakes I made in just the Internet was I had uh, uh, made a, a self-starting CD that you'd stick it in. It would run a tutorial on Dave Jackson. I was using it to get a job. And it was at the end, it was, you know, it talked about all my training and my teaching and my history. And at the end, it's like, now to take a test, um, what should your next action be? A, call Dave Jackson and schedule an interview. B, call Dave Jackson and schedule an interview. Or C, call Dave Jackson and call an interview. So it was this cool little, and I called it a digital resume. So everybody's like, oh, man, you should sell this. This is cool. You can make people their very own digital resume. It'd be awesome. So I went out, bought the domain. Uh, made the website, did all this stuff, put it out there, spent about three days working on this thing. Then I did the research. Well, it turns out there were all people that are already doing this and they were doing it better than I was and they were doing it cheaper than I was. And I went, oh, you know what? Probably should have done that first. And so if you if you start, you know, go out, do a little research and then find out. It's it's kind of like we were talking before about, you know, giving your your customer a gift. If you know that what you're giving them is something they want. Well, then you don't feel like an imposter. You feel like a hero because you're helping them out. So um, do a little research, find out who your target audience is and um, find out what they want, give them what they want and, and be the hero and don't be afraid to start. Yeah. I, that's my thing. I always say, start with a Google search, you know? Yeah. Cause you don't, if you, especially if you don't really know, you know, or you're you're scared to start, or you're you're having because uh, you can get that that uh, analysis paralysis. That's a, that comes later. Right? Oh yeah, but it all starts with do a Google search. You know, you don't have to like okay, I'm gonna quit my job today. I'm gonna go do this thing that I know nothing about, and we're gonna do it full time. We're gonna be great, and we, it's gonna be amazing. We're gonna make millions of dollars, and it's gonna be a, it's gonna be it's going to be amazing. Everyone's going yeah. to know about it. No, just start, start with the Google search, find out, you know, start doing the research first and then see, you know, see if anybody else has done it. Have they done it cheaper, better, faster? And what, what did you wind up doing after that? I just ditched the whole thing. I just uh, made my own. I was, I was like, all right. And that's when I moved. I was like, all right, well, cause I looked at it. And I was like, okay, there's no way I can compete with what these guys have. They had better technology and I went, okay. And that's, I think about the time I got into podcasting, maybe. I think at that point I went into, I know I was designing websites at that point and a couple other things, but I was just like, eh, all right, well, I, it was, I just chalked it up to a lesson learned. I was like, all right, in the future, I will do research first. <laughs> Very cool. Dave, could you share how people can connect with you at the schoolpodcasting.com? Yeah, go over to, as, as Joe said, schoolpodcasting.com slash contact. Uh, you can call me, email me, speak pipe me, whatever you want to do me. Uh, would be more than happy to uh, to talk to you about uh, starting a podcast. That's awesome. And uh, I should mention that Kathleen Kelly, uh, I don't know if I mentioned that earlier, but she's the one that connected us. And she also is a member of the School of Podcasting. Yep. She and, does, these, uh, does oh, the sorry. Special Mouse podcast. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's been a guest on this show before. Uh, I couldn't tell you what episode number, but that's probably a good problem to have. Also, you know what? I, speaking of episode number, Dave just uh, celebrated 500 episodes. Yeah, of, of the school of podcasting. That's, uh, it's interesting. How do you talk about something for 500 episodes? You have to be creative and pivot, start doing interviews, whatever it takes. Luckily, podcasting has been growing every single year since 2004, so there's always new news, new products, new toys to play with, things like that, and then um, different strategies that people are trying, and it's all sorts of fun stuff. So it's, it's, and that's what I basically do when I'm not... And I'm not sleeping or eating. I'm reading or doing something with podcasting or podcasting tools or marketing or promotion or something. So that's uh, that's my gig. Yes. And uh, just so everybody knows that Dave Jackson will be at podcast or Mid-Atlantic podcast. I keep getting those back mixed up because podcast Mid-Atlantic sounds better, right? When you say it, like it sounds, sounds better than Mid-Atlantic podcast conference versus like saying MapCon. I don't know. To okay. me, it's just like when I, whenever it comes out of my mouth, it's always Podcast Mid-Atlantic. Yeah, that's but, what I've been saying. Right, and it, and it is. It's still PodcastMidAtlantic.com, but I went and registered MidAtlanticPodcast.com, MidAtlanticPodcastConference.com, Map-Con.com. We get, <laughs> we get in these things where you got to buy like every domain name, and then you end up spending like $100, $200, $300, $400 just in domain names <laughs> a year. Uh, right. It gets quite quite pricey. But, you know, you want to protect these things. I wouldn't want someone to go and be like, oh, nobody nobody registered MidAtlanticPodcastConference.com. Oh, I'm going to register that and then forward right. it to my own site. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't want someone to do that. Now, the, obviously, where does it end? Because you'd be like, well... I could get .org, the .net, the dot, right. pretty much any word at this point. The .coffee, yes. Yes, like, the .coffee. I've been seeing those, the .coffee. I don't know why I would want the .coffee, unless I was scary. a coffee house or something. Right. Uh, but but the thing is, you know, and I've ran into this with uh, with the Dreamers podcast site where it's howtodream.co, and people are like, I used to say .co, mm-hmm. and people would see it, and they'd be like, oh, you forgot the M. And I'm like, no, they wanted like 12 grand to get that that a web address i can't right i can't i'm not making that right. kind of money it's not it's not worth it so it, it's not i don't know like it's going to take a, a long time i think for people to get over this whole dot com, you know it's got to be a dot com yeah um so you know do, do you have do you have po- school of podcasting or i have podcasting dot school i have i have a hundred domains uh actually wow. over a hundred but a lot of them are all podcasts so i have school dot net i think i have dot tv dot fm some of those um, are pretty expensive per year. It's like the dot TV is pretty expensive. Isn't yeah, it? that's like ninety bucks a year. That's one that I'm oh. like, you know what? I might let that one go because I'm not doing anything with it. Yeah. So, um, and if somebody wants it, I'll just politely say cease and desist. That's my brand. It's trademarked. You know that whole nine yards. Oh, and... it is all trademarked. Pretty much most of it. Yeah. So sweet, sweet. So yeah. So then you know, don't don't waste the ninety bucks a month. Yeah. Go buy yourself some uh, dot coffee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Dave, I really appreciate you taking the time today. I look forward to seeing you in September and uh, definitely getting the chat uh, before then, hopefully, uh, for, for the conference. We'll probably shoot a video together with uh, you know to raise awareness and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, you are welcomed anytime you want to come back and uh, hopefully follow up in maybe about a year or so and, and uh, see what yeah. you got going on. See how the dream's going. That'll be great. Thanks for having me, Joe. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Dreamers Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Dreamers Podcast. Join us on Facebook 
at facebook.com slash dreamers podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the Dreamers Podcast, please send an email to j at jpar.co. This podcast is copyright 2014 by jpar.co.